Hey, how you going? It's time for another episode of the TST Travel Podcast. This one is a little bit different. It uh, features, uh, I did a bit of a chat with one of the guys that we met along the way in Baja, California, uh, nicknamed Steve the Whale Guy, uh, and then I will be recounting uh, the rest of our trip through Baja, California with Kirsten. So don't forget to check us out on social media, TST Travel Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Don't forget to check out Kirsten's blog as well theroamingstreet.com or the roaming street on facebook and instagram uh also we have started up a bit of a, a vlog on youtube so if you want to check that out it only has one episode up at the moment we're working on a couple of new ones as well um that's tst times which is the x trs vlog um if you want to check that out with some video and uh, both of us going back and forth that'd be really cool don't forget to drop us a uh, review wherever you listen to us uh, itunes facebook wherever it might be or just um comment on our photos on facebook and instagram let us know where you're listening from what you like what you want to hear more of and uh, i'll be trying to do a few more interviews with different people and different travelers along the way as well so uh Looking forward to that and looking forward to this little chat. Hope you enjoy and... uh... Alright, time for another episode of the TST Travel Podcast. I'm here in beautiful, sunny Baja, California with uh, our mate Steve the Whale Guy. So, Steve, say hello to the people. Hi, everybody. (laughs) So, uh, we met Steve at a a barbecue with a couple of friends that we also ran into just as we were travelling through Baja, California. And uh, our friends introduced us to Steve as, hey, that's Steve the Whale Guy. So tell, uh, tell us why you're known as Steve the Whale Guy. Well, because of my passion for whales, I've come to Baja to be with them. And little by little by little, I have accumulated photos, videos, and blah, blah, blah. And now I have a wealth of information about whales. That's awesome, and yeah, you're definitely one of those people that's really passionate about nature and and the whales especially, and all the stuff that happens out here in the the Sea of Cortez. Um, So you took us out on the boat today, and it's uh, it's just a little boat, but we, and we didn't have to go too far, and we uh, came across some some, uh, stingray type looking things. What What were they called, and can you tell us a bit about them? They're called Mabola rays. They're a smaller version of a stingray. And they leap, 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 leap for joy here in the channel. It was pretty crazy. We were just uh, boating along and we could hear something. It sounded like someone doing a belly flop, like <laughs> someone someone jumping on the water. And uh, you look over and you see these things and they're in massive big groups of 30, 40, 50 of them. And they just jump out of the water and no one really knows why they do it, do they? Not really. I mean, they have theories, but, you know, you have to ask the ray itself why do you do this but we haven't been able to do that yet yeah well i think definitely the uh the highlight of the the boat ride for kirsten and i it even got kirsten a little bit teary we came across a, a little group of whale sharks and that's something that you're you're pretty passionate about you keep a, a bit of a monitoring on them for some of the local causes don't you yes i do uh there's uh, two research groups one in la paz and one in bahia los angeles and they monitor the whale sharks. They didn't know that they came into my area until they saw my pictures. And then I have a wealth of information about my sightings of whale sharks. So, and I love whale sharks now. It was it was pretty special to see. Like we were just out on this tiny little boat, and you see a, a fin wiggle in the water. And we went over to investigate, and yeah, there was a couple 
uh, a couple of little ones and then we came across a couple of bigger ones and then as we headed back to shore we just kept coming across groups of one or two of them and it was um, it was something really special and something that I'll remember for the rest of uh, the rest of my life for sure wow. um, but tell us a bit about how you document them so you the dots on the whale sharks that you'll see they're like a fingerprint aren't they yes they are uh, they actually uh, they're each whale shark has different patterns of, of dots and they have computer programs where they can actually identify the whale shark just by the dots. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool that they can tell uh, tell what the, who they are basically by the by the dots on them to see if it's the same ones coming into the, the little channel you've got here or if they're new ones each time. So that's pretty cool. So tell tell us a little bit about what started you off coming down the the Baja coast of Mexico here just south of California? Well my passion for whales since I was a little boy because I found out they were bigger than dinosaurs and they're still around so all of a sudden I went from a tyrannosaurus to a blue whale and I and then little by little I got involved with the whale program in Los Angeles I went out and uh, gave lectures on whales and and then I decided to come to Baja to see the gray whales and fell in love with Baja. Then I found out Baja has a different variety of whales from the blue whale, finback, humpback, sperm whale, killer whales, pilot whales. Oh, it's just like unbelievable. It's like whale heaven. Yeah. And do you remember the first time you came here and, and, uh, and how you got here? Yes, I, I came down with my friend who was a pilot. We rented a Cessna, got two other friends to split the cost and we explored Baja from the air and we would land at these remote little uh, runways that were carved out by the ranchers and what we would do is just buzz the runway to chase all the cows off and then we would land and we'd be in the middle of nowhere it was so awesomely cool and uh, you told us a story the other night of uh, the first boat that you had uh, here down in Baja and it was uh, not what you'd expect someone to go out whale watching in, was it? Well, no, because it's like a little tiny blow-up raft that I got at Sears and I blew it up, and, you know, two-person little raft for $35, American dollars. And I asked my friends, anybody want to go out there with me? And they said, no, you're crazy. You're crazy. <laughs> It's uh, definitely not the not the sort of thing that you see big tourist groups out whale watching in uh, a blow up raft, and you blew it up by by just your mouth too, didn't you? Yeah, a one person effort. <laughs> and, and and I went out there, and I got a chance to be with a mother and a baby gray whale for the very first time alone. This was before tourism was in Baja. It must have been a really crazy experience for you to be out there by yourself in a tiny little blow up boat and and come across a mother and a baby whale like I can see I can definitely see why you got addicted and had to keep coming back here well I was I was amazed by how gentle they were you know whales are big 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 animals and they could be very dangerous but their natural disposition is love and you can see it you can feel it yeah, you can definitely, um, they're definitely gentle giants, yes. uh, most of them for sure. So um, you had a bit of an experience, you live down in Baja now and you have for quite some time. You had an experience where you had a whale come up on the shore and, and tried to beach itself because it was injured, wasn't you? Can you tell us a bit about uh, about that? 
Yes, uh, it was actually two years ago, October 6th. I'll never forget that day. I went out early in the morning and I ran into some whale sharks, uh, jellyfish, and orcas. There were like just four orcas, two females and two babies. And I saw them kind of like uh, bugging the whale shark. Well, later on that day, when I got home, I hear this noise in front of my house and it's three pilot whales. One was trying to beach itself and it turned out it was injured and I think the orcas may have rammed it because it had breathing problems. So I just kept it in the deeper water until the tide came back and it, could, it, it, it had clearance, otherwise it was going to beach itself. If I hadn't been at home, it would have beached itself. And uh, it's it's a trouble that they've had a few whale beachings along this little cove here, isn't it? And it was, uh, it was good. And that, that whale made basically a full, full recovery from what you could figure and, uh, and made its way back out into the open ocean? Yes. the next It actually spent the night in front of my house. The other two pilot whales had left. So it was there by itself. And at 2 o'clock in the morning, I couldn't sleep. So I went outside and I can hear it breathing in front of my house. There was no moon, so it was completely dark, but I could hear it breathing, and I go, wow. And then the next morning, when I got up, it was, it had left. And I got on my little boat to look for it, and it was swimming around, so it was feeling better. That's good, and yeah, you have a veterinarian friend who thinks that uh, the, the orcas might have done some damage to its, its breathing, so it needed a little bit, little bit of time just to recuperate, didn't it? Well, actually, I told him that I had seen orcas, and I thought maybe the orca had rammed it. Yep. He kind of agreed with me. So, mm. yeah, well, I, I, and I think that's exactly what happened, because they, you don't actually see whales inside this cove where I live. So to see them in the cove and in front of my house was amazing, mm. amazing. So you're involved with quite a few projects now because you're, you're so passionate about conserving the habitat for the whales and making sure that they're not uh, endangered by any sort of human activity. So could you tell us a bit about the, the things that you're doing with uh, the different organizations to, uh, to help preserve this beautiful bit of coastline here? Well, because I've been here for 15 years, I have documentation, logs, pictures, videos of the area, and now uh, these whale research organizations have been contacting me because they want more information about this part of Baja because this part of Baja where I live is still like a secret. <laughs> so with my information, they're filling in the gaps because it's important to know where the whales go, what they do, and where they go to eat, especially the food part. That's really important. And we got to keep the waters clean, perfectly natural so that they'll have an abundant amount of food mm. and uh, you you also do as you said you did do a fair bit of photography and, and stuff like that so do you have a particular do you have a favorite photo that you've ever taken oh yes yes <laughs> yes uh, if it, it, it uh, with sperm whales sperm whales coming up to my boat and playing around my boat like gray whales do it was unbelievable because sperm whales are probably the most feared whales because of all of the whaling ships that they have sunk. So to see them just play around my boat with no aggression whatsoever is to me still one of my favorite uh, days with, with whales, definitely.
Yeah, for sure. And it was it was pretty crazy. Like the the little boat that you took us out in this morning, we came over the top of a, a whale shark, and the whale shark would have been four times as big as the boat that we were in. It was just unbelievable to think if with a flick of the tail or if they really wanted to they could flip us over and we'd be swimming back to shore but uh they were kind enough to keep to their krill and the other stuff that they ate here and um yeah we ended up making it home a-okay which was nice um do you have any other crazy sort of memorable encounters that you've had with the wildlife off the coast here near where you live oh yeah uh well blue whales the largest whale on the planet to be with a blue whale is like being with the greatest creature of them all. You know, to, to get to be that size, you must have done something right. <laughs> you know, because nature just made the blue whale to live in the ocean where it's supposed to be. And to see a blue whale swimming in the ocean is one of the greatest sights for me. Mm, yeah. Absolutely, like seeing something so so crazy big that you wouldn't even sort of be able to comprehend it unless you unless you saw it. Uh, yeah, it'd be a pretty special sort of experience. Eighty feet is pretty pretty long. Yeah, for an animal. Yeah, that's, that's a big animal. Long, yeah. And uh, so, with the the changing sort of uh, climate around here, what? Have you noticed a change in the way the whales, their behavior and where, when they come in and where they come in? Yes, yes, definitely. Uh, in the wintertime is when this area produces the plankton and the krill. And the water temperature has to be a certain temperature for that to happen. And if, the, if it's not that temperature, it's not going to happen. And so either you see whales at that time of the year or you don't. And this year, 2018, has been the worst year for this area because of the La Nina and global warming and human pollution. Mm. So the, the main thing that affects the, the traffic and the amount of whales that you'll see up here and that'll travel up the Sea of Cortez would be the, the food sources, being the plankton and the krill mainly? Yes, yes. Yeah. And... Uh, you noticed uh, something different about the squid fishing around here as well. Um, tell us a bit about that. Well, this area used to be abundant with, uh, with squid, but because of the water temperature, the squid food has left the area. So the squid is following its food, and now it's up in the United States. So the squid fishermen down here don't have squid to harvest anymore. Whether they'll come back, who knows? Yeah, absolutely. and. Uh, it's um, a pretty crazy place. Uh, you worked in a what people would consider a pretty steady job in the U.S. In, up in California in L.A., uh, and you moved down to uh, to Baja. What would you say your f favorite differences are about sort of living? The difference between living in California in the the thriving sort of busy city in L.A. to living here in Baja, around uh, a bit more nature. Oh, that's that's. The, the, the amazing part about all that is that I grew up in Los Angeles, California, which is known for Hollywood, Disneyland, fake or fake worlds. <laughs> Here, it's pure natural, pure nature. And to live with nature is basically how I live now, and, and I feel more comfortable living with nature mm. than living with concrete. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so if 
people are, are interested in in whales and doing things like that and and coming down the Baja coast what would you sort of recommend for them so that they can experience the the things or similar things to what you've experienced but not uh, put a strain or put a strain on the the environment that these whales and, and stuff live in well they have a uh, regular uh, whale watching tours on the Pacific side for the gray whales but on the Sea of Cortez it's basically open you're there with them by yourself Mm. except for certain areas where they do have tours but in the main part of the Sea of Cortez you're there with the animals all by yourself I think that's the most beautiful part about being where I live is that I'm out there by myself with these beautiful creatures Mm. yeah yeah, it's, uh, it's a pretty magnificent place to be down here in Baja. Like, you look over to the islands and you just know out there that there's rays and fish and, and that's what keeps the whales coming back is their, their food sources. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's yeah. beautiful. I, I, this is the way I, I'm supposed to live because, <laughs> you know, I feel more comfortable here. I have no stress, no strain. And to be with a whale is the greatest joy of my life. Yeah, to, just to be in the water with them. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's amazing to come across someone with such passion about uh, about what they do and about the the animals in the area that they're in. It's um, it was definitely special for Kirsten and I to be able to go out and be a meter away from a, a whale shark that was four times the size of the boat we were sitting in and and just experience that and then to see the rays as well jump out of the water like that it was uh, it was a pretty special thing so uh thank you so much for taking us out and thanks for taking the time to sit down with me and have a bit of a chat about uh about your experiences here i really appreciate that and uh hopefully we'll talk again soon thank you thank you so much i really enjoyed spending my time with you guys it was awesome to relive the first time again because that's what i enjoy the most is is being out with people who have never done that because i relived the excitement that i felt the first time i did that and you don't run a tour company or anything like that like steve took us out on his boat through the the goodness of his own heart and you said that you've had other people out on the boat like you said you had a couple from belgium out as well oh yeah yeah yeah, and did uh, and you, did you come across any wildlife on that day, and how they sort of react to being out in the out in the Sea of Cortez? On that day, no, we didn't run it. We we ran into dolphins, and that's always a beautiful experience too, because the dolphins uh, they kind of like know me. Yeah, <laughs> they do. They actually come up to my boat and will take me to the main pod. Ah, oh, they'll they'll guide you in so they yes. can all play around the wake of the boat and yes. things like that yes and i've swam with dolphins where where uh after swimming with them I, I i would walk up on shore and the dolphin came up to the shoreline and started to pound its tail i go <laughs> i think it wants me to go back in the water <laughs> and so i did i went back in the water for another five minutes and then all of a sudden it just decided okay I, i've had enough yep turned around and it just swam away because the dolphins uh, are pretty playful aren't they like they'll if they they know that you're not there to hurt them they'll hang around and swim and have a bit of fun well they 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 can sense what type of a person you are Mm. you know they're like animals have that sense where you know they they can see what you are and if they're comfortable around you you're gonna have a good time (laughs) for sure um so 
any last recommendations for people that you can think of uh, anyone coming down the Baja coast what what they should do and um, and what they should do if they feel they come down here and they fall in love with it like you have and want to want to stay here well if you want to come down to Baja to see the whales January February March are the best months and it's the, also a hell of a lot warmer than a lot of places in the US oh definitely yeah yeah and yet it uh, the weather is perfect at that time it's really amazing and and uh, because of the gray whales on the Pacific side you can go on whale watching trips where you can actually touch a gray whale and Crazy. To, to touch a whale is unbelievable I've touched them hundreds of times already <laughs> and it never gets old no nah, every time it's it still be special old, wouldn't yes. it yes oh yeah it's beautiful it's beautiful <laughs> Cool. All right. I think that's all. Great. I Perfect. enjoyed it. All right. So I'm here with Kirsten ready to record the uh, ne next Baja California episode of the podcast. And uh, at the end of the last one, I just talked about our, uh, our little love-hate relationship that we'd started to develop with Baja. We'd made our way through a little puddle and we were just setting up with some new friends, Helen and Wiley. See, uh, <laughs> Helen and Wiley were a bit of a godsend for us in a um, struggle of a first few days, to say the least, of Baja California. Yeah, we um, we got to back to their place, and yeah, they said, "Oh, don't worry about setting up the tent; just stay on our uh, spare bed," which was really nice, seeing how it was warm. They had air conditioning. We had our own private bathroom. We felt like we were in a five-star resort a little bit, didn't we? Yeah, it was actually a really gorgeous house. They've um. Helen and Wiley had a few troubles. They were part of the uh, really bad fires in California a few years ago, um, but I think it was a little bit of a blessing in disguise for them because they got to build this beautiful villa right on the ocean front in Baja. So we were lucky enough to um, stay there and be a part of that process. Like they're still renovating and building it, but uh, beautiful high ceilings and um, oh, just a gorgeous view, like literally on the ocean front. Yeah, and we um, when we got there, they said, oh, here's the Wi-Fi password and here's this and here's that. And we hadn't <laughs> had internet for a few days. And they said, oh, lucky you got here in time. There's a hurricane coming. And we sort of looked at each other and went, what? There's a hurricane coming? Duffer. <laughs> <laughs> um, it which was, was fine. <laughs> which was Hurricane Rosa, which was the first of the two that while we're in Baja, California. Yes. Um, and Wiley's favorite saying was, Hey, take a break. <laughs> hey, take a break. Yeah. We, you know, uh, we're very conscious of when people give us generosity, we try not to take advantage. It can be hard not to just jump on the Wi-Fi and be antisocial and have a hot shower for half an hour and just revel in it. Um, so we were offering, you know, if there's anything around the house that you need help with, cause you're still building and stuff like we'll paint or we'll garden or, yeah. you know, help you out wherever you want. We'll cook you dinner and it, nah, take a break, take, take a, a break. break, have a beer. No, I don't want to drink all your beer. No, have a beer. He'd, he'd get real sad if you wouldn't have a beer with him. It was a very Australian sort of moment. Okay. I suppose I have to have a beer. Yeah, that happened more than once, though. Kirsten was having being honest. <laughs> Kirsten was having shots of tequila with uh, with Helen. Yeah, my mate with the um, sipping tequila at night. That was a new experience. I've only ever been a young twenty year old shot in tequila um, just because it does the job, not because I particularly enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> but, Kirsten um, sits down with mm. uh, with Helen for a nice little bit of sipping tequila and picks it up and whoof, straight back down the throat it went. And, <laughs> oh, that was a bit strong. Yeah, honey, that's a sipping tequila. Yeah, I don't, did we have it? We didn't have any lemon and uh, nope, salt either. No lemon or salt. 
just tequila in a really, really nice shot glass, but um, still went down a treat. I slept well that night. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we ended up spending a few days at Helen and Wiley's. That was, it was nice after the hectic first couple of days just to take a break in. Take a break. break. (laughs) (laughs) Um, On one of the first days, we headed into Santa Rosalia. Um, How good were the tacos? Oh, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Um, For all you Aussies out there, I'm sorry, but Old El Paso with uh, mince and taco seasoning is not tacos. And I will be the first to admit that that is pretty much how we used to do tacos back home. Uh, but no more. <laughs> Never. We can't, cannot go back. When they they do this crazy thing where they slap the tortilla, the soft taco down on the on the grill and they fill it full of like mozzarella cheese and the cheese gets all melty. Yeah, you don't use tasty cheese, by no, the way. No, mozzarella. creamy cheese. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going into fantasy land here. We could go off on like an hour tangent about how to make tacos now. <laughs> Um, and then they dumped some meat in there and the one that we found oh, the in... the meat too though. Sorry, I'm just interjecting again. <laughs> but they like marinate the meat like it's uh, called carne asada. So I don't know what that means other than like carne is meat. I don't I, know. What, I know what it means. What fucking as- delicious. That's what it means. <laughs> I, don't I don't know what the asada part means, but it's basically like slowly marinated grilled... Beef. Beef. Oh mm. my God. And, um, yeah, we found a little a little taco shop, which was, again, it's like the plastic chairs that your grandma has outside as her outdoor entertaining area and, like, three people standing in the kitchen and you just walk up and do your very best. We did a, we start, we were starting to get a little bit more confident with our Spanish to just go in there and order what we wanted. Well, even, yeah, if um, they asked us, you know, if we wanted flour, uh, flour or corn. Harina or maize. Yeah, we knew what to answer, um, but it was still... Ooh, the language barrier was rough. Rough. Um, so, yeah, our first day in Santa Rosalia, we sort of got our tacos and we walked around and we got some cash out finally because we could transfer money. Yes. Um, also, if anybody is in Santa Rosalia, that taco shop, it's on, no, was it 9th Street? Okay. Which they're, they're all ordered. The main in, one. The main street. Yeah, it's down the main street, but then they're ordered by number. But it was like, it was a yellow building with orange, orange. and red. Yep. Hey, yeah, you'll see it. Definitely, definitely <laughs> go there. It was. Well, do you are you willing to make the big call that it was the best tacos we had in Baja? Or hundred percent. Yeah, we had um really good tacos from another stand around the corner from there a few days later. Um, and we pretty much had tacos for breakfast, lunch, and dinner <laughs> every day for three weeks. And I'm gonna make the call that this was. Yeah, 100% the best. Yep. And the other awesome thing that they do is they, after they bring you, they just cook the tortilla and the cheese and the meat and then they bring that over to you with like a salad bowly type thing that Mm. has like a little bit of salad, like a a salsa with diced up tomato and I thought... Pico de gallo. Pico de gallo, that's what it is. Yeah, some guac. Mm. Every every restaurant has their own little twist on it. Sometimes they'll give you carrots or sometimes they'll give you cucumber weird marinated onion things yeah oh it's just out of this world like you have i've it lived up to all the expectations like our saying back home when we were saving for this trip was you know if we wanted to go out for a night and have a good night and we were like really trying hard to save it was like how many tacos is that in mexico like how many dollar tacos is this one dinner out in melbourne gonna cost us and i can um, tell you right now one dinner out in melbourne would cost you about 100 tacos <laughs> And they, um, yeah, totally lived up to the hype. 
Yeah, they were really, really good. So we went there. We um, we adventured around the town a little bit. It's not a real big town in Santa Rosalia, but no, we sort of just walked town. around and checked it out and went to all the different sort of places. We tried to go to a museum, but it was closed, which sucked because we had to walk up a massive hill to get to it mm. in the sunshine. But um, <laughs> Nice nice view from up there, though. It was a very nice view up there, and uh, we got some ice cream for after-lunch treat. Yeah, I still can't remember what the Spanish is for ice cream, but um, we tried to get directions about three times for the same ice cream shop we'd driven past <laughs> and somehow couldn't find. Oy. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that was our first day, and we headed back to Helen and Wiley's, and they cooked up a bit of a feast for us. And Was it ribs that night? No, nah, ribs was the next night, I think. Oh, I don't know, but um, thank you, Helen and Wiley. Thank you. (laughs) Every night we had like gourmet meals. Like there was fresh clams. Like uh, Wiley's like the man about town. Like people just bring him clams or um, crab or whatever. They'll just come up to the house and be like, do you want some of this? And sometimes he'll pay and sometimes they'll be like, no, 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 trade it for something else later. Trade it for a favor, whatever. And so we just had fresh seafood every night. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and they do they do, do a lot of work. They're telling us they do a lot of stuff for the local community. Like Baja California isn't a rich place. Like there's a couple of very rich mm. spots where like you get a it's lot of tourists. Carbo. But it's definitely not all Carbo. Like we drove th- past a, a baseball ground there, which is one of the major sports in, in Mexico. And there was kids <laughs> with like old gloves and crappy bats and they were just out there having the time of their lives on a dirt field with no grass and no uniforms no uniforms <laughs> no nothing and they were just out there having a, a baseball practice and you could tell that sort of like that's they they appreciate anything that gets given to them yeah 100%. and um yeah wiley being an ex-baseball sort of dude he brought down a lot of baseball equipment and sporting equipment for the local community which was pretty cool hmm. and uh so next day, what we went back into Santa Rosalia and went for a bit more of an adventure around, didn't we? Or did we just stay at the house? I honestly can't remember. No, it we was, stayed at the house yeah, because it was a few days. I went out and ran a couple of errands with Wiley in the morning. And That's right. He took you on up. a bit of an adventure, didn't he? <laughs> Go hang he, out the boys. <laughs> he, got a, he had to get his, uh, he had a full motorbike that was getting repaired. Um, so he went and picked that up and I drove his car home and then we came made back. Made a few stops though. It took made a, a few, few hours. Stops, <laughs> may, may have had a couple of cervezas along the way, which is Mexican, uh, Spanish for beers. Mexican. <laughs> um, and then, uh, but we made it back to the house early afternoon. And again, I think we just sort of chilled out that day and. Yeah, we're getting prepared. Well, that was the whole reason we ended up staying at Helen, Helen and Wiley's for more than one night. So it went from we're going to camp on your property for one night to we're going to stay in the spare bedroom. And then they went, oh, well, you got to stay until Friday night because we're having a big, big barbecue with friends coming over and everyone would just love to meet the Arsies. So <laughs> um, that's why we ended up staying as long as we did, actually, because we got there on a Wednesday. Yeah, that and the fact that the NRL grand final is going to be on on the Saturday night and, and we, we really wanted really to watch it. We really wanted some wifi. <laughs> um, being that our storm We still love was, you, Storm. Yes. <laughs> Let's not talk about that. <laughs> oh, I'm going to get emotional. Good effort. Um, yeah, so we, we stayed there for a couple of days and basically just hung out. But uh, the night of the barbecue, we met up with uh, mm. Steve the Whale Guy. Who I you... like to call him Steve the Whale Whisperer. 
the Whale Whisperer, <laughs> um, which you would have heard my chat with Steve at the start of the podcast. Um, but he offered to take us out in his boat because oh. there's a bit of wildlife around in the water there. And he showed us all these pictures because he said, if you don't bring pictures, you're just another dude. Yeah. Go- <laughs> you're just <laughs> another dude. It didn't happen, <laughs> literally. Um, so we woke up early that morning and headed to uh, just a, we pulled around the corner of a little beachy spot there and um, just waited and hoped that he actually showed up. We probably waited for maybe half an hour in the morning and um, we didn't have breakfast. We had some tortillas still in the car, so we just rolled up tortillas with some Vegemite. And yeah, we had <laughs> ate that on the beach for brekkie. Great Mexican Australian fusion. <laughs> that was fucking good, actually. Yeah, it was. <laughs> good brekkie. Tort- We're very good with boiled eggs. I reckon. Mm, I reckon you're right. Or cheese. Mm. Just cheese, Vegemite and tortilla. Mm. Um, but yeah, once Steve showed up, I'll let you describe the boat, Kirsten. What would you describe <laughs> that as for a, not exactly your typical whale-watching tourist boat? <laughs> well, it wasn't the blow-up raft from Sears, at least, but um, basically he described it to us that uh, the boat that he did have now used to be a blow-up raft, and then he took it to a local guy who fiberglass. Uh, what did he yeah, do? He fiberglassed. He basically paper macheed the boat with, with fiberglass, fiberglass and then um, deflated and, the raft, and then popped the raft. Um, so it what there was like a wooden bench seat in the front of it that barely fit, fit. Kirsten and my butts in it. Barely fit my ass, let alone both of <laughs> And uh, my long legs were a little cramped in there. A but squishy. And then Steve was on the back in a, um old office, office chair, chair that you would have bought. This is like the office chair that you would have bought at Officeworks for 30 bucks, like the very basic black, you know, the one I'm talking about, the little one with the, yeah, that nothing leather and luxurious. Like a, no, that looked like it was something from about 1972 as well. <laughs> I've seen was... some shit that seat. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he'd just taken the wheels off it and that was his captain's seat. <laughs> that was great. And um, so he cranked up the little 15 horsepower <clears throat> outboard with the three of us in it and he said, well, usually with when he's by himself, you can get it cranked up to about 15 or 20 miles an hour, but I reckon we'll cruise in more at about 10. Oh, we got some speed up at one point. Um, and we were cruising along and we could hear the slap on the water and the rays. Oh, my God. That was crazy. So we'd actually seen the rays from Helen and Wiley's. Um, we saw something way in the distance. Harley's got fantastic eyesight and um we're sitting there one morning having breakfast and he just points out um so where they are they're in like a little bay channely inlet type yep yep whatever you want to call it um but oh how far away was the there was a um mine a gypsum mine Mm, mine (laughs) sorry i've got a bit of a cold (laughs) probably about 15 k's yeah maybe 15 k's 10 k's 10, 15 k's? Yeah, right on sort of the shoreline of the big rocky mine thing in the distance, Harley could see like splashes. We thought, oh my God, there's dolphins or something over there. Um, And Helen and Wiley have some binoculars, but they're not very high powered ones. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we still, we looked at it and we couldn't really make out what they were, but we decided it couldn't be dolphins because they weren't moving along. It was just something going up and down and like making these weird splashes. And it would happen just constantly along the shoreline. All morning it was going on so we got on the boat and we heard this slapping on the water and then we saw the splashes in the distance we're like oh we can finally figure out what the hell these things are so we jetted across to see them and and I was so scared they were going to go away like by the time the boat got there they'd get scared and go away but they just hung around it was so cool and like Steve said in our little section of the podcast before no 
one exactly knows why they do it, but they jump up and down and they do flips and it's all crazy to see. And, like, they mm. did not give two fucks about the fact that we were there. So um, we, uh, yeah, we stayed, how long do you reckon we hung out with those rays for? We were there for a while. It was a good, yeah, probably like 20 minutes. We just sort of um, stopped the boat and just admired them. If we got too around. close, they sort of would stop and go in the distance a little bit, um, but we but got pretty close We still. were within 10 or 15 metres of them. Like, it was oh, crazy, yeah. and they just, they would jump, like, some of the, like, some of the bigger ones would probably be, like, Higher six or seven you. feet out of the water. Like, yeah. it was crazy. Yeah, they put on a spectacular show. Like, um, definitely, guys, get on the Googles or the YouTube and just type in uh, Mabula Rays. machines. Yeah. <laughs> um, type in Mabula Rays uh, jumping out of the water. Uh it's Don't just, ask us how to spell that either. It's Mabula or Mabola. I can't remember. It's either an O or a U, but the rest is how you'd imagine. Because um, I actually did YouTube it just to see like if it looked exactly like how we'd seen. Because we weren't sure of the type of ray, but Steve was sure. Um, yeah, it was like nothing you've ever seen before. I really, I think I've seen it on the David Attenborough once, but it really was something unusual. Yeah, it was really, really cool. And then... Once we'd sort of had our fill of that, and we, we we sat there and watched, we were like, we were so happy that we even got to see that. Like, oh, we, that was yeah, top that of was like, like we were so happy to we were turn like day around, made. Be, yeah, be done. Like that was awesome. And we just went for a little bit. I of I mean, a cruise. I wanted to see maybe a dolphin. Yeah, <laughs> we and then we went for a bit of a cruise, and we were like, oh, I wonder. Uh, he, Steve was like, oh, sometimes we see other like other animals or like dolphins or something or tur- turtles down closer to uh, one of the other little towns there, and uh, we sort of boated around for probably another five minutes. And I went, oh, there's maybe a f- ten, yeah. maybe yeah, five ten minutes. Like we thought, oh yeah, that'll be about it. And we were both very content with that. Um, and then I saw again. Kirsten's been a big fan of my eyesight on this trip. Oh, I seem to be able to so pick things good. out when it when as long as they're moving, I'm pretty pretty good. But um, I'm blind as a bat. I put my glasses on right now just because the iPad was hurting my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I saw over in the distance. I went, Steve, what's that over there? I think I see a fin sticking out of the water. And oh, Kirsten's getting teary again. <laughs> and uh, he goes. Oh, I think that might be a whale shark, and I think Kirsten nearly started crying straight away. <laughs> oh, no, I was just, like, my heart just stopped. I was like, no, it cannot be. Like, so the whole, let's just rewind a little second. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the whole reason we ended up coming down to Baja was because I wanted to swim with the whale sharks, and I was, you know, when I was doing my research for this trip, we realized that, you know, we were starting in Nebraska, we knew we were heading sort of around to California, but we had a really good two, three month chunk to do all those national parks and the things you've been hearing about. And we worked out that we would be exactly at the right time for the beginning of the season to swim with whale sharks down in Baja, California. So we sort of looked at it and mapped it out and went, we could spend probably like a good two weeks at least driving up and down Baja and that'd be like something totally different we get to see another country experience another culture but the whole thing that pulled us down there for in the first place was to swim with the whale sharks yeah for really cheap too compared to a lot of other places in the yeah. world yeah absolutely especially like Ningaloo or somewhere yeah um so we get over to we get we follow the fin over and they we get there and we could see the spots and the massive big outline of the whale shark and it was just one of those things where I looked over at Kirsten and she was like 
and she'd started to sniffle and started to have a little bit of a teary moment. And it was one of those things that was just, just so, so crazy beautiful. to be out on this time. Like, the whale sharks would have been at least eight or nine, ten times the size of the boat we're in. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were just right there, feeding. Yeah, they were just doing them. Like, I just, I think the whole thing was just so magical because it was... Like, it wasn't planned. Like, we didn't go out on a tourist boat with the intention of swimming with these creatures. We'd wanted to see them the whole time we'd been there. But it all just started with a Friday night barbecue, chatting to Steve. And I just love the passion in his voice about whales. And I, he was like, I go out every single morning for a few hours. Like, that's his whole life. He just goes out every morning and uh, on the boat and then does whatever he does in the afternoon. But I just looked at him and I was like, can we come with you? <laughs> He was like, really? Do you want to? I'm like, uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, like, if we hadn't just sort of invited ourselves along or asked that question, which is just why I love travel so much. Like, you just <laughs> talk to people and just put yourself out there. Like, if we hadn't just said, can we come? None of this would have happened. And we're no. on a dinky little boat with a complete stranger that we'd had beers with the night before. And we get to just stop the boat sit on the wet well there was no waves just sit on the still ocean and we got to see 10, 10. or 12 easily. and yeah we just we just sort of <sighs> boated around we bumping we flo- into them flo- oh yeah, we, we would float and they'd swim right underneath us like them. the the head on them was wider than the boat that we had and like <sighs> they'd swim underneath us and they were feeding on the the plankton and the krill that sort of live there yeah, that come up you know those um if you don't know what a whale shark is by the google way it. um google it they've got massive mouths yeah. um and their mouths come right up to the surface of the ocean they just feed off the algae and the krill on the surface um as well as other fish deep below and some of them were friendlier than others obviously a few yeah. didn't want to get too close to the boat but but others you could tell just didn't mind at all yeah we just sat there in awe like it just all overcame me that this is what we're doing. We're, yeah. just, we're just chilling on boats, seeing whale sharks, and yeah, it was a crazy experience too. Like, just to it sound. I don't know if it sounds as crazy as it is because we were just like sitting on this tiny boat, floating in the middle of the ocean, like looking at. Yeah, I don't know if it sounds quite as crazy as it was, but yeah, we were just sitting out on this tiny little Yeah, we probably sound really boat. wanky right now. Like, oh my God, <laughs> travel is life. Like, and you guys are just missing oh out on God, these magical moments. Oh my God, it's the moments. insta life. Like, oh, it, it was, just was one of those moments that will stick with us. Forever. Forever. Forever and ever. Like, it was just crazy to see them and to be like if we wanted to reach into the water and touch them we could like we didn't be we we wanted to get out and swim mm. but you can't because if you get caught doing that it's thousands and thousands of dollars in fines yeah, which is a touchies. good thing as well because you don't want to disturb the the natural habitat for them mm. um, and also uh, the bacteria on humans can be really bad for them too if, even mm. if you just touch them a little bit yeah so but that was our little cruise around the the ocean with Steve mm. the whale guy, and it was just one of those yeah one of those things that we'll remember for the rest of our lives. Like but it was crazy. How crazy is it though that like this is a really popular fishing spot? Like it's a it's a fishing area. All the towns there are fishing villages, and that's pretty much what they eat. Like lobster and crab, they get bored of. They'd rather have a steak. And uh, like how many people would die to have lobster every night, Fresh freshly lobster. caught that morning? Yeah. Um. But yeah, the 
the divers and the fishermen in this area, this is just normal for them. Like, they, there was... So, we didn't get out and swim with them because we weren't prepared. We didn't have bathers and you're not allowed to without a tourist permit, like, without a diving permit. permit. Um, but these divers were just out getting oysters and clams and stuff. And, like, they were right up in there with them. And yeah. this is just their life. It's just normal. It's just like, just, yeah, it's just another just, whale shark. Just an everyday occurrence for them. And, yeah, it was crazy. So... Steve jetted us back to the dock and we um, said, oh, we'll have to do something for you for that. Like, we can never repay you yeah, for can we take you to that. dinner or something? So, <laughs> we ended up going back to Helen and Wiley's and we spent the night there. That was the night no, of the... No, sorry, we took him to lunch. We went back into Santa Rosa. Oh, that's right, that yeah. day. That day, yeah. yeah. We took him out for lunch at his favourite restaurant in town there, which was pretty cool. Um... And another taco spot off the list that mm. weren't as good as the ones we had the, Sorry, the day Steve, before. It was, it, was, it was nice, but it, it wasn't our favourite. I don't think he was overly happy. I think there was a new girl there that uh, mm. might have stuffed up some orders and stuff like that. But yeah, still a good feed. It was still a great feed and it still caught, I like think... $15 to $15 feed all three of us with beers. three of us mm. with, yeah, a couple of beers. Um, and then, yeah, we went and hung out at Helen and Wiley's again and it was Saturday, so we had the... NRL grand final that night so it was a pretty quiet night we sort of sat there and went to bed pretty early that night because we knew we'd be getting up at 3.30 in the morning to watch the game welcome storm for our dedication and we got up we connected to the Wi-Fi we paid out we ended up having to pay $30 to Fox Sports to stream Mm. it from the... Thank you, everybody, as well, for your suggestions. I put up on Facebook, how can we stream it live? And a few people were really helpful. So we paid our $30 for our uh, Fox Sports to live stream the NRL Grand Final. And it was a pretty tough night of waking up at 3.30 in the morning and then watching your team get their pants pulled down like (laughs) that, wasn't it? It was rough, but... You do what you do when you're a diehard fan. (laughs) We watched it all the way to the end. We didn't... Despite my wanting to at some points, we didn't turn it off. We got all the way through it, shut that, and then we had a couple hours more sleep before we woke up nice and early the next morning to uh, hit the road. Say goodbye to all our beautiful western niceties that we'd become accustomed (laughs) to for the last few days again. Wi-Fi and air conditioning and showers. Showers. (laughs) Um, And then after Helen and Wiley's, we headed down to... uh, where did we go after that? Loretto? Uh, we mm. First, we stopped in Moolah Hay, though. Yeah, so we got a tip to stop through a place called Moolah Hay, which is supposed to be really nice. Um, it's like a little bit of an oasis in the so far desert. Um, we didn't think that highly of it, to be honest. It's a pain in the ass to get around. There's oh, all, it's a shit of a town. <laughs> <laughs> there's all, they're all one-way streets, and Google Maps tells you you can go one way when you definitely can't, and... It's yes. down to sort of and single lane. And streets is putting it nicely too. <laughs> yeah. They were the Mexican roads we'd become accustomed to, of course. Yes. Um, and if you're going to Google Mulegi, hey, it's spelt Mulegi. Mulegi. M-U-L-G-E. M-U-L-E-G-E. E-G-E. Yeah. Um, it was um, okay. It was okay. It, you know, if you had a stop there for like lunch, I'm sure it would be nice. But there's no, we didn't find any real reason to hang stop. out. No. Mm. Uh, we sort of just cruised around the town and checked it all out and headed down towards uh, Bahia Concepcion. Now that, that's the one that nobody tells you about that you definitely do need to stop at. So we are telling you now, if you ever get to Baja, California, uh, it's a 
couple hours out of Loretto, yeah. which has an airport. Uh, and def- even if you were just to like go for a week, fly into Loretto, check that out for a couple of days, hire a car, and then just go to Bahia de Concepcion. It's the most beautiful beaches you've ever seen in your life. Yeah, it was crazy. Like, and we just sort of came over the crest of a hill and we it opened up into ocean and islands and it's sort of like a little archipelago there isn't it with a heap of mm, little isle- uninhabited with... islands off the yeah. off the coast there oh but oh it, we just came over the crest and was like oh that's pretty and then we'd take another turn oh yeah that's pretty and then another <laughs> turn holy crap <laughs> <laughs> and uh we stopped as soon as we came over that crest there was a, a campground there and Kirshen was like oh we gotta stop here we gotta stop here we gotta stop here and uh we stopped and had a um a bit of a look around there and we couldn't believe how clear the water was either could My we good like you could just keep wading out the water would stay really shallow for a long time so you could stay up to your hips or up to your shoulders for so long while you're walking out and you could still see everything below your feet which is really good for mr paranoid over here who gets a bit scared of wrigglies in the water oh and we got told by our friends that yeah don't don't walk out too far in the sand because the uh stingrays like to just hang out there and wait for people to sting on the feet so uh it was good to be able to see where you were walking and there was just so much wildlife there as well too wasn't there there was like oh. fish everywhere all different types of fish bigger and huge pelicans and seagulls mm. um like the stuff that you would expect at the beach but it just seemed somehow more magical it I was know. i think it was just because of like the fact that you could you didn't even need a snorkel like you could just as Kirsten said you could walk out you could still see the bottom and there was yeah fish up to so sort of 40 50 centimeters long in some spots and they were coming in to feed on the, oh, the little so fish. They'd have little feeding frenzies and jump out of the water and you'd like you just hear this big splashing and look over and there was freaking chaos <laughs> it was pretty crazy um so yeah we cruised through Bahia Concepcion we sort of took that a little bit slow we stopped a few times to check out all the different sort of beach spots and Mm. all along the beaches there they have like um palapas which are like little they're like open huts yeah little open huts that are sort of got like leaf roofs and they put them up there and they're supposedly free for camping in some spots but we couldn't find any free ones um but, uh, yeah, you can just see as you drive along the highway, there's all these little camping spots on the beach. And oh, and they're so really cheap. Like, they were like 5 or $10 a night. Yeah. Mostly like $5 a night, yeah. the equivalent of. Um, and just so worth it. Like, we wish that we had a board or hired, like, some kayaks or some stand-up paddle boards to get out and explore some of those little islands. They weren't too far off the coast. Mm. Like, you could do it if you packed a day pack and yeah had a stand a up paddleboard or a kayak yeah. oh it would have been so nice but we still had a fantastic time yes we certainly mm. did and then after we cruised through Bahia Concepcion we made our way down to no, we Loretto s- we stopped at that beach. oh no just before Loretto yeah Loretto was the next morning no I don't think it was yeah so <laughs> we um we made our way through Bahia Concepcion and there were some really nice sort of little towns in there and we went to we got to Loretto about mid-afternoon about lunchtime and had yeah, a really good feed didn't we oh yeah that was good um a little bit pricey it wasn't the taco stand we were used to um <laughs> we ended up getting there on a Sunday so everyone was in church and there was a few things that were closed down so most we did, things were closed yeah we did the best we could but Loretto that's a really nice town as well somewhere I'd never heard of no I'd never heard of it either and it was one of those places that was a little bit more touristy so there was sort of mm. better english getting spoken things are a little bit pricier better roads, better roads. 
Um, but it wasn't any, like, it wasn't Cabo. No. Or it wasn't any of these big, big tourist cities. It was just the perfect mix of some really nice restaurants, still affordable, cool little gift shops, little nooks and crannies, beautiful architecture. Like, the we stopped and looked at one of the churches and... Yeah, totally mm. worth a stop. It definitely was. And we sort of, we went for a walk and we looked at all the different gift shops through the, there's sort of like a main sort of square there. And we decided that if we, we didn't think we'd find anything cheaper, but we found a gift shop that we really liked the look of. And we uh, decided that we'd come back through there being that there's only one main road all the way down Baja, California. Yeah, we knew we'd have to, to stop back. <laughs> we knew we'd have to, um, go back through there so we decided to hit that gift shop up on the way home yeah that's a really um good tip as well i am a very uh impulsive buyer if i mm. see something i like at a gift shop i'm i'm good at having a barter usually and i'll i'll leave it if it's too far out of my price range but if i see something that i want i usually go straight for it so um it was really good of us to go <laughs> no we know we're going to come back through here we're going to check out carbo we didn't know where the carbo would be more expensive or less because of the demand like there was, there's so many tourists that maybe they have too much stuff and therefore it would be cheaper or vice versa because they get so many westerners they hike up the prices which mm. we found most things were generally the same sort of price yeah. but not quite as nice a quality yeah no definitely there are a lot more like a lot of the painted skulls and things like that were a lot mm. more generic and a lot more sort of just meh um sort of stuff but um, yeah, the the all the stuff in the gift shop there was really good. So for any family listening, there's probably a couple of uh, Christmas presents coming from there. Maybe. <laughs> um, and we also may have had a big old margarita with lunch. And then when we got to one of the gift shops, there was uh, some different tasting tequilas as well. <laughs> <laughs> so we spent a little bit of extra time in Loretto because we had to, again, walk <laughs> off our... Uh, afternoon drinks Our afternoon buzz there was <laughs> oh my god there was a vanilla tequila that was absolutely to die for it was really good i wish and i remembered what it was called didn't burn the inside of your eyeballs no, out when you like drank a, it it was really really it was smooth like a dessert liquor mm. liqueur. yeah it was, it was nearly like a yeah vanilla liqueur but it was apparently tequila apparently but it was damn good <laughs> Um, so after Loretto, we headed towards our campsite, which wasn't too far out of town. It was just on a little public beach there. And we got there and there was, it was a pretty popular sort of little spot. It was down a pretty dicey road yet again. Uh, of course. Off-road, sort of had to lock the Suburban into four-wheel drive. And then you see some people banging through there and their little hatchbacks <laughs> just nearly getting, <laughs> nearly getting air as they get over the top of some of those bumps. Um, but, but yeah, we yeah. arrived there on a Sunday afternoon and it seemed the place where we were planning on camping was a bit of a local hotspot. There was no tourists. We were the only white people gringos <laughs> on the beach. Um, it was, yeah, it was just like families having Sunday barbecues on the beach, having a few cervezas, just hanging out. It was a really nice vibe. We felt like slightly awkward probably for the first couple of minutes because we had to sort of pick our spot and not you know, intrude on anyone's anyone. privacy or their Sunday afternoon. Um, but after all, it was so nice to just sit there and just watch everybody just having a nice time. Reminded me of like, you know, summer days 
on the beach with my family. And- <laughs> <laughs> no, it was really nice. And it was funny because, again, the water was crystal clear once you got into it. And it was it a black and- sand beach too. Yeah, it, was it was really interesting. It was a bit different, yeah, to the, the Bahia Concepcion uh, beautiful white beaches sand. that have been beautiful white sand. And then we come across this one and it was black sand, but not rocky, which was nice mm. um, because we found that in a few spots in Mexico. The beaches got a little bit rocky. Um, but there was even like some kids with like a milk crate trying to catch yeah. fish fish because there were so many fish and in there. trying to get crabs as well, little crabs, crabs and, and crayfish. whatever else they could get their hands on so too. so cute. And we sort of just uh, swam around for a little bit and then some people sort of pulled up some chairs and go, oh, do you mind if we sit down next to us? And mm-hmm. we made our first Mexican friends. Yeah, they were pumping some music and they, they sort of looked at us all concerned after a couple of minutes. We're like, oh, so sorry, is this bothering you? Do you do you like Mexican music? We can change it. We have other kinds of music. <laughs> like, no, it's fine. It's fine. And then we busted out the uh, the volleyball and had an Australia versus Mexico volleyball match, which was <laughs> got, got pretty interesting in there. I don't know what any of the rules were because there was no sort of in or out or adjudication. <laughs> we didn't have a the, oh, we got a judge after a while. Yeah, the judge, but the judge was Mexican and he also played, so. <laughs> <laughs> it was um, good fun. Yeah, there, that was good fun. And we sort of sat there and had some beers and partied on with those guys for a little while. And then we ran out of beers, so they went and got some more and they gave us free beers, which was always nice. Yeah, and I put, well, we traded. I pulled out some fruit I'd cut up earlier in the day. <laughs> and, you know, we just shared and it was nice and communal. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty funny when you make friends with people that you can only speak about. 10, 10 or 15 words to each other. There was a couple, there was a brother and sister there that had pretty pretty good English, uh, but mo- like the other three or four mm. that were there couldn't speak much English and Just we spoke about the same amount. Yeah, we spoke about the same amount of Spanish, so. Tell you what though, laughs are universal. You don't have to speak each other's language to hit a volleyball and have a good time. Yeah, to hit a volleyball. And fall laugh fa- at everybody falling flat on their face in the sand. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which happened quite frequently because even though we weren't really playing points or anything like that there were still some pretty spectacular dives that happened well, into the got pretty serious the more <laughs> beers we got through um and then after we finished playing volleyball the girls decided that they'd try and teach the white boy to dance and that went about as well as you would expect <laughs> we have video <laughs> well which will hopefully never see the light of day because it was pretty terrible and then they all they asked us if we knew what the macarena was which we gladly accepted the invitation to uh smash one of those out yeah except they remixed it with some other weird hillbilly shit yeah it sounded like a weird country song that they did after that that had a different yeehawing yeah they had a different sort of mexican cowboy dance that went with that one and that was uh interesting i i I tapped out at that point yeah Kirsten had to go for a little while and, and couldn't. And then just started spinning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. And but then the, the heavens opened up. Yeah. Well, we'd been in the water for a little while and we sort of watched some clouds roll over the hill and went, oh, it's about to get pretty wet in here, I think. And mm. sure enough, the heavens opened up, but it was a downpour for about, what, 10 minutes? Yeah. and that, Well, it was a huge downpour, like, but we were all just in the ocean in swimming the water anyway. anyway, so it didn't matter to us. And lucky we hadn't set up camp or anything yet. <laughs> Um, but yeah, they said what that was the first rain they'd had in like three months or something. Yes, I think they said three or four months. Yeah, that yeah. it had been since it had rained. It was, and they were like, "Oh, I can't believe you know you come to the beach in Mexico, the beautiful beaches here, and you get rained on." But <laughs> it was the opposite. Like for us, it was it was really nice. Like it was cool to just look around. Everybody was still having fun and dancing, yeah. in, like literally dancing in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pretty crazy. Um, and then refreshing. Yeah, it was. 
and then we saw a sea lion just uh, yeah swimming off swimming in the on distance. past in the distance. That was pretty cool. And then it got dark, and that's when the magic really sort of happened. Yeah, well, um, most of the people started piling out at dark, but our new friends sort of hung around. They'd come back with more beers and smokes and whatever else they had, so <laughs> <laughs> they were um, hanging around for a while. And we'd been a bit iffy about setting up camp. A, because there were so many people around and we didn't want to sort of publicise to the world that, hey, we're camping here tonight, come fuck with us. Yeah. <laughs> um, and B, because the rains were coming. Um, but yeah, so we waited till dark and we're all sort of sitting around, swimming, playing volleyball some more, swimming, drinking, swimming, repeat, <laughs> dancing, <laughs> dancing on the beach, swimming, drinking. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah. One of the girls went out to uh, relieve herself. In the and, ocean. And she... Um, Nature's toilet. Yeah. <laughs> and she, as she was walking out, she's like, guys, you've got to come look at this. And we're like, wow, is your pee really that interesting? <laughs> What's going on over there? And uh, so there we all was, swam out. We all swam out and... There was no warm spots, thankfully. <laughs> and uh, there was some bioluminescent... It's bacteria, isn't it? I believe so. We so, might have to fact check, but it was like a bioluminescence <laughs> thing in the water that the more you waved your hands and feet and like made more movement, the water would like glow blue. It was Yeah, it was crazy. Incredible. And yeah, the more you moved, the more it lit up. It was sort of reactive to where you were and all that. So we just sat out in the water and waved our arms and legs around for... <laughs> bit drunken and silly for a while (laughs) the worst the best part i guess is that we tried to get some footage on the gopro that didn't turn out but it's one of those things now that's only with us yeah it's one of those things yeah we tried to we tried to get it on the gopro and it just couldn't quite pick up because it wasn't it wasn't a real bright light but it's one of those things where you're in there sort of swishing your arms around and it's like little fireflies or something under the yeah it was like water fireflies yeah (laughs) which was pretty cool and it was one of those things another one of those mexico things that we'll remember for a pretty long time i reckon Mm -hmm. it was a really great night Mm -hmm. yeah so after our uh friends decided i think somebody might have got a call from mum, and everyone had to pack up and head back home and um yeah we set up tent and it was a pretty cruisy night it we put the um rain cover on so there was no stargazing that night because we didn't want to get too uh, saturated mm-hmm. which i don't think it rained again that night but um it wasn't the best camp spot there was quite a bit of noise from the road, road um and lots of trucks coming around the bends going <laughs> three o'clock in the morning but which isn't ideal no uh, but it wasn't too bad but the next morning again we just had another magical moment <laughs> yeah yeah so we were just sitting there having um having some brekkie and there's some bins on the beach that some guys had come to collect. And as we were sitting there um, and they were collecting the bins, they were also throwing, like, fishing line into the ocean and they yeah. s- scoring themselves some fish to... Some dinner while they were working. While they were picking up the bins. And um, they were pretty good-sized fish as well. They were probably 40 or 50 centimetres and, and were, looked pretty fat too. Yeah, they, they were just doing it with line as well. They didn't have any rods or anything. No, it was just, like, a bit of fishing line and a weight on the end of it. I think they, they were, did really well. Yeah, though, it was pretty impressive to, to see him get one or two. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, what happened after that, Kirsten? And then I think it rained a little bit more, didn't it? Yeah, it rained a little bit more. We ran under one of the palapas, which was, I think, the only free palapa we managed in Mexico. Um, yeah, so we ran under there for cover and just sort of sipped on our coffees and you could see like the really dark grey clouds coming over the over the mountains, and we sort of like peeked, ducked our heads under the palapa and had a look around. And um, oh my god, the scene was just incredible! It was like dark clouds over the mountains. There was a rainbow, a full double rainbow coming over. 
just chilling there, Double still like Harley's still in his boxes, just drinking his coffee. Um, and I got like my favorite photo of the trip so far. Just I'll put it up um, so you guys can have a look. Just Harley sipping on a coffee under a palapa with a rainbow, <laughs> dark grey. Oh, it was just yeah. I'm not going to repeat myself. It was just beautiful. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was a pretty cool moment. And yeah, you sort of just sit there after and- a night of bioluminescence and <laughs> dancing on the beach. And yeah, it was a cool day. And again, the. Bug, uh, the graph of our opinions on Mexico went right back up to pretty much right the tippy top. And we finally saw what everybody else was talking about when it comes to, like I'd read a lot of blogs and stuff about road tripping Baja just to make sure it was safe and what sort of to expect. And um, this was finally the moment that we went, ah, this is why everybody does this. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty cool. So we knew that the the hurricane had been downgraded into a tropical storm so that's why we had left uh helena miley's and we headed down towards uh la paz Paz, that's right Mm. um and we on the way down to uh, la paz we came across what was the tropical storm and uh mexican mexican (laughs) roads aren't the greatest to drive on but when you can only see about four feet in front of you for the rain and luckily enough we were on proper bitumen roads by now yeah that was was on the five again um but when you're doing about 30 or 40 kilometers an hour and people are still whizzing past you and then you've got other people that are only doing like 10 kilometers an hour because they probably don't have any tread on their tires and And the what would be the sidewalk in most places is just a mud channel next to the road we're all flooding no no opportunity to pull off the road where we were like if you pulled off the road you might as well just consider yourself bogs um yeah you're gonna be there for probably another three weeks while it dries out and it was just crazy how it was like being up in tropical queensland when the heavens really really open up and it was heavy rain Mm. stressful driving it left as quick as it came though pretty Mm. much really yeah it only stuck around for sort of 45 minutes to an hour of driving which was pretty good and then we um started to get out of the desert a little bit which was nice and into a Mm, bit more greenery Um, it was a bit of a big drive day that day to get to La Paz. The reason we had headed towards La Paz is we'd organised, as we said earlier, a whale shark dive. Um, we're going to check out if that was all still good to go ahead. Mm -hmm. Um, so we got to La Paz, got into some Wi-Fi, emailed the chick who was in charge of the whale shark tours. Uh, well, that was after trying to find them for a little while because <laughs> uh, yeah, they didn't Google, have an office. Google Maps said they had an office, which definitely was a construction site and not an office. <laughs> yeah, it sure was. So we sort of meandered around the pads for a little while. We had a campsite that was about half an hour out of town there that we knew that we were heading to that night. And we got to La Paz probably, what, we got a pretty early start in the morning. So we probably yeah, got, we got to got La Paz lunch, lunchtime. Late lunch, yeah. Um, went to the, possibly the most useless visitor information centre in the world. Uh, yeah, they were more as like a travel agency posing as a visitor centre. So we asked them a couple of questions and quickly realised they knew Jackal. Um, but she kindly let us use the phone so we could call the That's whale shark it. tours. And that was when we unfortunately found out that the whale shark dive was not a go uh, <laughs> anytime soon. Basically... The interwebs tells you that the season starts 1st of October and runs till uh, end of March, whatever six months is. Mm. Yeah, March or April. Um, But what's been happening is uh, we talked about a little bit uh, with Steve how, you know, there's the global warming's affecting the, uh, what was the bay called where Helen and Wiley were? 
Mm, can't remember. Yeah, but basically everything's getting warmer. So a lot of the uh, marine life are heading north up the Pacific coast now, like up, you know, California and even more north. Uh, and what's happening with the whale sharks is we were lucky enough to see so many of them because a lot of them had migrated sort of north in that bay in area in the Sea of Cortez to try and um, avoid the warmer oceans mm. so because um, that's where what we learned was that that's where mm. their their food goes so their f- the food that the whale sharks feed on which is that smaller sort of plankton and stuff like that heads north up towards the the mainland u.s so they follow it up yeah um and then some of them obviously get stuck in the sea of cortez on the other side following them up north um uh, but yeah unfortunately for us the whale shark dives they need to have permit all the tour Tool boats need to have permits to run these um, dives and nobody had gotten permits yet because there weren't even five whale sharks in the area and they said until there's five in the area we can't go out and do it and there's only been two or three spotted and we thought oh we know where they all are but we're not going to tell you because <laughs> that's our little spot now and we don't want to ruin Steve's spots yeah. uh, but unfortunately we had to um, yeah, keep on trucking and hope hope, hope, hope that um, we'd be able to do the dive on the way back from Carbo. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, we found that out. We went and had some more, funnily enough, we found somewhere to have tacos no. for lunch. No, we didn't. Are you sure? I'm sure we had Maccas that day. No, definitely had McTacos. <laughs> McTacos. Um, and it was funny, like we got into La Paz and you could see that everything was a little more Americanized, like there's a Walmart. And a Burger King. Um, and a Burger King Starbucks. and an Applebee's and Starbucks. All the things you'd expect. All the sort of American, more Americanized things and more things were in US dollars. And mm. I was like, oh, okay, that's a bit different. And yeah, things are changing. <laughs> um, but we headed to our campsite for the night, which was pretty cool. Like uh, where mm. yeah, where we hit the campsite, there was like a, a couple of restaurants and a couple of bars, like basically straight on the beach and places to hire like jet skis and stuff like that. And there's obviously a place that a lot of... Uh, people come out for day trips um yeah it was sort of that place you expect where if people are doing tours to la paz or whatever it's offered as like a day trip to go out half an hour to this beach where there's heaps of restaurants and scuba gear and all that um but there was a lot of locals at the beach as well and it was a really cool spot to get out of the city and still enjoy yeah because la paz is a pretty we were used to pretty hectic city just mm. again because it's one of those places where like, it, it wasn't even that it was super busy. It was just that everything seemed like chaos. Like there's, It was a tight city. I think the yeah. streets were quite narrow. Lots of one-way roads again. Yeah. I don't know what... It, La Paz really didn't um, sit well with me, and I don't know why. It, it didn't seem like it had much magic. No, it was one of those places that it's just like... And again, I think it's because we've been driving through such beautiful scenery and along such gorgeous beaches that mm. we got there and was like yeah it's just a hubbub about (laughs) it's just a crowded beach yeah but Um, even like the malecon like the boardwalk they hadn't really done much with that it was just a walk and mm. there really just wasn't anything to see or do for us um unless you wanted to yeah shop at americanized shops and eat american prices yeah pay ridiculous amounts of money for tours and stuff like that which Mm. even then they as as we said there's less wildlife around la paz now because it's been so heavily touristed they offered for us to go to swim with the seals but that's not what we were there for no definitely not we could see seals by going down to phillip island (laughs) pretty much yeah 
But it was um, it was a really nice campground. Mm, and yeah. again, beautiful beach, incredible beach. Yeah, white sand, nice and calm because it was in a little bay there that uh, yeah. the ferries and stuff go past. And turquoise blue. Mm, it was very nice. And yeah, we jumped. We got there in the oh what probably three three thirty in the afternoon. Pretty, it was pretty much the heat of the day. Stinking hot, and there was no. So it was one of those places where because obviously the tourists come for day trips and stuff, um, you had to pay for shade. <laughs> like if you wanted to sit under a palapa or sit on a chair, um, you had to pay yep. to use it. So. Um, what did we, we there was a little jut out of rock and cliff so we walked all the way up the beach just to get the shade from the cliff for a while yeah and um after that we sort of walked moseyed ourselves back along the beach and found the cheapest spot to have a margarita and sat down and have a we had a couple of mm. pina coladas actually didn't we they were pretty good yeah they were pretty good um we sat there and listened to a canadian guy run his mouth talk just talking to he it was like he 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 approached it like he wanted to have a chat with us but then he talked for probably what 25 minutes mm. and like i think i would have been lucky to get two or three words in which is pretty impressive for someone to keep me to two or three words <laughs> well you just know, you know the type there's always one sitting at the bar who's you know goes there every day and just wants to talk to everybody and sometimes they're all right and sometimes you're just not in the mood and after sweating our tits off in the heat of the day we just wanted to enjoy our pinnacle utter in peace you know maybe have a nice chat but not have someone talk at us and drone on all afternoon and um again he was one of these we've um we noticed a lot of expat sort of americans that move down to this part of the world to you know enjoy their retirement which is Fair enough. Like, if if we lived in America, I think we'd definitely be definitely. retiring in Baja because everything's cheaper. You can build a beautiful house on the beach, enjoy fresh seafood at your door for the rest of your life. Like, there's yeah. not many downsides. Um, but the one really sort of disappointing thing that we found was that they don't really bother to learn the local customs or the or language, the language. <laughs> um and this canadian guy because i've lived here for 10 years i speak spanish blah 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 and then he speaks to the bartender and he's like cerveza and like that's it like he doesn't even say a sentence it's like mate you do not speak spanish <laughs> like you can pretend all you like but i just think if you lived somewhere for 10 years i think you'd make more of an effort to yeah yeah have a, have a bit of a go at like we we were there for three weeks and we felt so bad that we couldn't communicate yeah. properly. Yeah, and we still like we still spent what most of our start of our trip while we were driving through the US, um, listening to podcasts that were trying to teach us Spanish and doing like Duolingos mm. and stuff like that to try and at least get the basics a little bit down. Mm. Yeah, but um, that was all right. We sort of headed back and um set up a couple of towels on the beach and we had a couple of books that we were yeah, going so we had a read had a read and had a read and watched the sunset and that was really nice and mm. along we went we um sort of what did we do for dinner that night I can't did we remember. even eat i can't even remember I don't remember getting the stove out. I don't think we ate dinner. Probably not. I think we, we might have had chips and target. dip or something. <laughs> yeah, probably. Oh no, that's right. We had. To, so we worked out after this meal that we didn't need to order two tacos each because they are very, <laughs> very filling. Um, and we had a big feed of tacos for lunch, and it was sort of a later lunch too. It was about two thirty in the afternoon when we. Mm. Oh, probably yeah, two 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 thirty by the time we finished lunch, and uh, yeah, it was. Um, we didn't eat dinner that night. No, which we find we do a lot of the time now. We'll just be like, oh, I can't be bothered getting the 
the stove cooker out. We'll just have a snack. <laughs> Which we did. And, um, yep, we finished our... Or I finished my book. Kirsten was still chugging, chugging along on hers. And um, headed to bed. And that was pretty much it. Yeah, it was a pretty uneventful night. But the next morning, we finally did a workout. <laughs> We've been saying yep. we're going to every morning... It was, <laughs> we, we did, we went for a run at Canyonlands, which was in Utah, and this was our next workout, <laughs> other than hiking, that. other than hiking, well, we, we hike, yeah, that's, we that's, do a lot of walking, sightseeing, that kind of thing, that we, yeah, we were getting pretty lazy, <laughs> so we did a really good beach workout, we ran all the way to that cliff, and then Again, back, and in the we soft were, sand, and it was already hot, it was nine o'clock in the morning, and it was already hot, so, yeah. uh, yeah, we were pretty proud of ourselves for that one. Yep, and then we had a dip to cool off after our uh, pretty oh, strenuous to, little workout. <laughs> finish the workout. Yeah, it was pretty nice. I'd, mm. I'd probably work out more if I could do that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and then we packed up camp and put everything in. Time to hit the road again. Time to hit the road again. We headed for San Jose del Cabo. See, yeah, that um, and it not, it's not like they're close places. La Paz to San Jose was quite a few hours, uh, and there was quite a few little towns along the way. We stopped at one. Um, do you remember what it was called? Uh, it was another saint or Santa something. I, I'll see no. if I can find it on the Googly Maps. It was called. Yeah, so we. Oh, we went through a place called Santiago. Yes. Santiago is a weird spot. We heard that there was mm. something to do there and we drove around town and we're stuffed if we could find what it was. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's supposed to be a zoo, but it's not opened yet. No. Um, but yeah, we headed through, mm. sort of just continued our merry little way along the one. Um, and yeah, headed for San Jose del Cabo, which isn't Cabo San Lucas. They're close together, but they're not quite the same. Although I'm quite sure now after visiting both that when people say, you know, I'm going to Cabo, um, it could mean Cabo both. San Lucas or San Jose because there are a lot of resorts in San Jose and they sort of seem to stretch between both. each place. So yeah. yeah, if someone says, um, oh, I went to Cabo, don't take their word for it. They probably was somewhere in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, especially if they're, if they're rich and we're staying at one of those swanky resorts. One of the resorts. nice resorts, they're more out of Cabo, yeah. Yeah. Um, but that was the first real place that we'd felt that was like... La Paz was a little bit Americanized because of the tourism and stuff there. Mm. But like we got to San Jose del Cabo and people were amazed that we were paying in pesos. Yeah, they were like, why are you paying the bill in pesos? Like, what? Give us US dollars. Yeah, well, they'd write the bill in US dollars. But i got to say, I liked San Jose better than La Paz. There was yeah, a little definitely. bit more. It had a little bit more see. character. It did, yeah. There was again. It's one of those very touristy places where you're gonna walk along the um, the sides, and there's a lot of people in gift shops. Like, come in, look at my gift shop, and um, oh, more expensive than Loretto. Yes, more expensive than the Loretto, definitely. Um, my favourite line from some of the street vendors is, come in my shop, buy something you don't need. <laughs> Which was, look, if we but, weren't... Yeah, if we buy weren't, shit you don't want or don't buy, need. Yeah. Buy shit you don't need. Um, which would have probably got us to go in there and buy shit we didn't need if we weren't so poor. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. It was a good line. Yeah, definitely. Um, so we had lunch in San Jose del Cabo again. Mm -hmm. Uh, again, split a couple of... I don't think it was tacos this time, wasn't it? Like rice and beans. And yeah, it, it was, was a, a platter. It was like a mix. It was good. It was good. It was very good. Mm. Um, and we got... Lunch special. We got a $2 margarita with 
lunch and then we got a big ass margarita for four or five dollars us um which Uh was a mango one so we split both of those and then and then just because we like to be original we basically (laughs) recreated our day in loretto and uh just happened to be right next to a tequila shop yeah which amazingly enough does free tasting so if you like tequila yeah, you know what? You can probably get sourced in Mexico for free because <laughs> every second gift shop does free tequila tastings and they're not sort of shy to give you a oh, no. decent shot. No. Uh, yeah, so that's a top tip there if you're on a budget. And, um, I mean, you know, like some of the tequilas were really good. Like buy one as a souvenir to take home, but definitely you can get pretty shit-faced on nothing. <laughs> yeah, for free, which is always good in our book. And... um so, yet again, had to have another day of walking around, another afternoon of walking around, sort of <laughs> pretending to sightsee and just trying to walk off our afternoon buzz, <laughs> which we had. And um, once we were feeling right to drive, we sort of, we were going to look for a campsite near mm. San Jose del Cabo. This is where the Tyndall shit tours um, name. Shit tours. Well, yeah, but, you know, it works still. <laughs> um, yeah, so, again, using... We had a lot more misses with the freecampsites.net in Baja, California. Mm. And we went to one, uh, the first one, and it was sort of about 20, 25 minutes out of San Jose del Cabo. And it was, to get to the actual campsite was, uh, you'd probably need a monster truck to get through it. And Yeah, but, the road was actually just gone. Just Yeah, it was just nothing. And it was like the main, it was where the one sort of detours around the coast from Los Barillas. And um, it, the road was... Gone. It was just beach and not like hard sand drive on the beach beach. It was no, like it, soft it, it sand beach. Very clearly said do not drive here. Yeah. <laughs> so um that one was out and then we kind of um was getting to one of those afternoons where it looked like it was about to start raining again. We were getting, getting a little bit stressed out because we had no there was obviously, you know, it's carbo, there's no free campsites around there. No. So um we had no idea where to start heading and we had to make a call. And we did, we, um, because we looked at the map and we decided that we weren't that far out of Carbo and we didn't really want to be on a beach in Carbo trying to camp and because we knew we'd get, we knew we'd definitely get hassled or probably murdered or something. Um, so we, uh, just decided to head straight for our hostel. We were a day early. Oh, two days early. Two days early. Yeah. Um, because we we missed out on the whale sharks as well. Yeah. For a little bit longer. Yeah, so uh, we headed to our hostel at Mine Monkey. And Luckily, they were very accommodating. They had plenty of space for us. No worry. They didn't try to charge us extra because we were last minute and hadn't booked for that night. They um, gave it at the rate that we'd booked, which was a whole whopping 12 US dollars a night each. Per bed, yeah. Including breakfast, Wi-Fi. Everything, pool. Beautiful pool bar. Yep. It was... Um, Pretty it was, rough. It was... One of those things that we got a little bit stressed out in the afternoon, not knowing where we were going to be sleeping. And then when we made the call and finally got up to the hostel, there was a... So, we had, we <laughs> had the Suburban. And uh, to get into the car park it, or into the hostel, it says, um, please notify front desk on arrival if you have a car. And we're like, okay, yeah, we have a car. Because we and couldn't for the life of us find figure a car out, park. Yeah. So, we had to pay a whole dollar. Um, oh, rude. Very rude. 18 pesos for like a 15-minute park. wasn't fun. I think it was 15 pesos. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we told them that we had a car and they're like, yep, drive up into the car elevator and then head on up. And we're like, car Ooh. elevator? What? Fancy. 
and uh, we got into this car elevator and the suburban the front of it was touching the front gate and the back of it was about an inch off the back gate and all props to harley's driving skills <laughs> at that moment because i would have scraped the shit out of the side of the car we were a very tight fit very very tight fit um and we sort of looked at each other and went well here goes nothing we pushed the button and Woo-hoo! up we went and it was all into good. the car park and it was all it was a pretty good. tight car park but very tight well it probably would have been a reasonable car park if you had a car not so much when you have <laughs> a giant whale suburban um <laughs> But, yeah, we sort of got into the hostel and logged into the Wi-Fi and updated all the family, that letting them know we're all still alive. <laughs> um, it was nice to have a bed and a shower and a pool and a kitchen. Mm. And I managed to fuck up mac and cheese again. I don't know how you keep doing that. <laughs> it takes talent to be as bad as I am. <laughs> um, Let's just say I'm the mac and cheese chef now. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> it's always too much water fucking instructions why who who reads instructions not me um that's why i can't make mac and cheese (laughs) but uh yeah so the first night in a hostel we sort of just kicked back and relaxed a little bit and enjoyed some creature comforts again i think we uh, went to bed at like seven o'clock and watched netflix in bed all night (laughs) total recluses yep we um Definitely did, but we woke up the next morning nice and early, ready to attack Carbo. Mm-hmm, ready to explore, headed out nice and early. We knew that uh, the reason Mexicans have siestas is because it gets fucking hot during the middle oh. of the day, so we made sure that we were up early, ready to go, so we could be back at the hostel for a, a siesta later in the afternoon. Definitely. So, yeah, we went for a walk. We sort of just went for a meander around town, a bit of a, a walk see around what's town. Suss it out. We had like a good five or six days there, so this yeah. was our initial suss out. Yeah, our check it out, see what we can see, see, see. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we walked, we knew that there was a, uh, like a, mo- a shopping mall around the corner, and we we're going to see if we maybe could uh, catch a movie or something like that. So, we walked there, and by the time we got there, we basically could squeegee the sweat off ourselves. It was Mm-hmm. Fucking hot and humid. It's like being up in Cairns or yeah. tropical North Queensland. Again, all I wanted was to sit down in an air-conditioned movie theatre and pay like, you know, 40 pesos to watch a movie or something. Um, unfortunately, luck wasn't on our side and they none of them were in English or had subtitles except for one that wasn't until 5 o'clock that afternoon. Yeah, so that was a bust. Fates went on our side for that one. Um, and then we sort of, we headed back along the marina and we picked out a spot to go for dinner, which was a place called Tacos and Beer. It's a pretty easy hook to get us in on that, Tacos mm. and Beer. <laughs> yep. Uh, and was that the day? We went and got a massage after that. We did. Oh, we, well, that was yeah. a splash out day. That was, and it I can was. tell you right now, Mexicans are fucking good at massages. Yeah, they get in there. Um, and oh, I think it was like 20 US dollars for an hour. Yeah, 20, uh, 70 minutes. Wasn't quite Southeast Asian prices, but no. it was right up there. And, right up there. You know, value for money. Oh yeah, definitely better than the 50 or 60 dollars you'll pay for a Asian massage in a shopping centre in Melbourne or yeah. Australia or anywhere. And they had a picture of Rob Schneider on the wall. Yeah, which was weird. <laughs> He'd was been like... to their little, di- like it was a little dinky massage parlour. It wasn't a nice one, <laughs> but it was good. Yeah, and um, so after that we, after the massage we went to a place called 
happy ending for lunch. Oh, yeah, we had to have a happy ending after, after our, our massage. massage. <laughs> Which was a great uh, a great little name for a restaurant next to a massage parlor. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got ourselves, what did we split for that? Oh, we split a massive plate of the nachos. Na- the super nachos. Super yeah. nachos, which and were half delicious. Half nachos, half fries with half chicken and half beef. Yes. So, it was so good. Great for the people who can never make up their mind yeah. on what food they want. Yeah, so it was all nacho toppings, but half of it was French fries and half of it was corn chips, mm. which is pretty good. And $4 margaritas. And they, yeah, the $4 margaritas washed those nachos down pretty freaking nicely. Yeah, it's, as you can tell, it's pretty hard to be in Mexico and <laughs> enjoy yourself for not too much at all. Yeah, so... Um, after we finished at Happy Ending, we walked back to the hostel and had a bit of a swim and a relax and caught up on the day's news on uh, social media, just mm-hmm. watched Facebook and went back and um, I'm a bit of an avid comedy, stand-up comedy fan and we watched uh, Joe Rogan's new comedy special on Netflix, uh, Stranger Times, because it was about 40 degrees and 100% humidity and we were <laughs> over-sweating our backsides off, so we went and sat in the nice air-conditioned room and kick back and relax and watch that for the afternoon. Kirsten had a sleep. Yep, so then we had to watch it again. (laughs) (coughs) You good? Excuse me. (laughs) Yeah, so I fell asleep, so then we had to watch it again, again, which Harley wasn't complaining about at all, but um, pretty much it was another uneventful afternoon, just more relaxing about. Yep, it was good to just sort of de-stress. It had been... There's something about driving on Mexican roads where you have no idea what anyone's going to do at any point. <laughs> Makes you focus very um, And also the fact that when you're driving through the hills, the semi-trailers don't seem to pay much attention to that yellow centre line. So you're yeah, always playing dodge, your plans. <laughs> dodge the truck, um, which can be a touch stressful at times and then driving through the rain and the potholes and it can get a bit exhausting. Yeah, basically, as you can tell, it'd been a pretty long haul to make it to Carbo and mm. um, we props to Shamu for making it all the way with not even a squeak. Yeah, <laughs> I was amazed that it, that car, it's still together. We're currently in what, Northern California. It hasn't flown to pieces yet, which will, yep. not quite. That's <laughs> coming up next. Spoilers. <laughs> um but yeah, we uh, had that night. We had a very fancy dinner. We had uh, noodles, <laughs> uh, two-minute noodles, which is funny. Um, when we were in the hostel, there was a, a chef sort of staying there. I th- we weren't sure if he was staying there or what was going on. But yeah, every sort of hostels after- are weird places. People just come <laughs> and go. You don't really know who works there or who's just staying and how long they've been there. And you know, unless you strike up a chat, obviously. But yeah, there was a dude that sort of seemed to be there cooking up an absolute feast every single night. But Never saw him in the daylight. No, never saw him in the daylight and never saw him eat any of his own food. He'd always make food for other people. Mm. And it's like, that's not for, well, I know it's not for us, but. I wish it was. I wish it was. My God, what was he cooking the first night? Like fish and oh, just all kinds of things. Yeah, and it looked bloody, it looked a hell Smell of a lot. bloody good. It looked a hell of a lot better than our two minute noodles, but budget conscious. <clears throat> yep. We um we powered down our noodles and had probably another massive eight thirty nine o'clock bedtime that <laughs> night. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, up again early the next morning for another mission, which was to go and find somewhere to do some laundry, which we hadn't done since Arizona. <laughs> no, so we were getting a little bit stanky and a little bit low on the uh, fresh underpants situation. Um, I was basically living in bathers by this point in time. <laughs> and. Uh, 
so we got told there was no laundry services at the hostel, um, but she told us where that they got their laundry done. Um, so we got up nice and early to try and get there before the heat of the day, which we completely failed at. It was We, we got up early, mm. but we didn't beat the heat of the day. Not at all. <laughs> so we had to stop for a terribly refreshing smoothie on the way back. Yeah, that was just horrible, wasn't it? Terrible. <laughs> Mexicans make good smoothies. There's, um, You'll find as well, a lot of the taco stands, there'll be like green juice looking stuff in like plastic water bottles in the fridge and um, all the stuff sunk to the bottom, which means, you know, you know, you can tell that it's fresh yeah. and it's actually like, yeah, like a green smoothie juice with like apple and maybe like spinach, celery, whatever they've got um, that they make up a big fresh batch of every morning and it costs like a dollar. It looks kind of dinky because it's in like recycled plastic bottles, but it's freaking good. They know how to do a good green juice and it makes you feel so good after a big night of tacos or margaritas. <laughs> yeah, definitely uh, a hangover cure if you can stomach the green juice. Um, it was actually good. Yeah, so we got our laundry done and got very sweaty again. Mm-hmm. Uh, walking through uh, the back streets of Cabo this time, we spotted a couple of other restaurants that we wanted to try out. Yep. Um, funnily enough, they also have tacos. <laughs> uh, headed back to the hostel that day for a, another swim and a bit of a laze about in the pool. And we're getting a we bit repetitive here, really. It is, it is <laughs> we really did um, do the same thing pretty much most days. We couldn't believe how much. Uh, obviously, Mexico is one of those places that doesn't have quite as strict a laws on uh, pharmaceuticals. And every second place you walk past, there's a sign with either like an old guy with a young guy's body or an old guy <laughs> in a sombrero with a, a poncho and a bit of a poke through on it. And everywhere sells Viagra. Yeah, and it's all in big like 90s font. Word up. <laughs> Yeah, huge Viagra, buy Viagra, anti-malarials, muscle relaxants, whatever you Pain want, killers. they've got it. Yeehaw! <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit of the Wild West, and yeah, every second shop's a pharmacy, and every second shop after that has, oh, uh, well, we're not a pharmacy, but we can sell you painkillers and muscle relaxants <laughs> and whatever else your little heart desires. Yeah, it's a little bit unnerving when you're walking down the street, and the first guy goes, you want blankets? I've got blankets. And then the next guy goes, I in here, $4 margaritas. And then the next guy goes, you want Viagra? Nah, <laughs> I'm okay, thanks. Yeah, nah. Um, on the walk back to... So we went back to the hostel, had a swim, sort of cooled off a little bit, knowing that it was going to be the middle of the day when we walked back to get our laundry because the laundry place closed at 2. Um, so we cooled off a little bit there and headed back along the uh, road to pick up our laundry. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you, dear? <laughs> ah, um so on the way back from the picking up our laundry, I know you're super excited to hear about us picking up our laundry, mm. um, we booked our glass bottom boat tour. So as mm. you walk along the main strip, sort of along the marina there in Cabo. Which is a about, really cool looking marina. Yeah, it's a pretty cool marina. There's lots of, lots of boats there. Lots, lots of expensive boats. <laughs> we saw um, this mega yacht that was worth, what was it, about $50 million? Yep, owned, owned by, by some, some crazy Russian dude. Russian dude. Oh. Um, we googled it later, like the name of the boat, and watched a YouTube <laughs> thing about the inside of it. It was freaking ridiculous. It had a freaking glass elevator inside the yacht. Yeah, it was crazy. Just ridiculous. But as you walk along the um, the boardwalk there on the marina, you will have about fifty bajillion people try and sell you tours, tours and fishing, snorkeling. And, you want fishing? Uh, you want snorkel? They're not South. They're not Asian. Oh, me. you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, not 
not good at accents. I'm not being racist. I'm just not good at, at accents. Yeah. Every second person will take you fishing or on a glass bottom boat tour or on a water taxi. And then you'll Sunset have... Sunset cruise. And then some people will be like, hey, you want to buy some... They'll just be standing there with two boxes of cigars. I've got cigars. And then you'll say no to the cigars and they'll be like, you want some weed? <laughs> Um, and we'll Whispering no, you delicately. No, thank you. We're okay. Right thank along. you. Bye. Um, and then once you get past all the vendors of all the uh, boat tours and stuff like that, it's the restaurants and it's come to a restaurant, eat here, eat here, eat here, eat here, eat here, eat here. And once you get to the end of that restaurant, the next guy starts, well, you didn't like yeah, him? You. Come here, come mm. here, check out our menu. Kind of like being on Ligon Street when you're trying to find dinner. <laughs> Except they're not Italian. But um, yeah, we managed to find one guy that didn't look like he wanted to harass us, so we approached him yeah. <laughs> and um, scored a $10 glass-bottom boat tour for the next day. Yep. It was pretty sweet. That was pretty sweet. And uh, that night, I believe, was the night we went out to... Finally ta- went to Tacos and Beer. Tacos Something different. And beer. Oh, it was so... It was so good. And it's funny how, like, each little spot in Mexico has a different sort of twist. Each different restaurant has a di- different twist mm. on the tacos. Like, I finally got an empanada. Oh. <laughs> Kirsten had been craving an empanada for days and days and finally got it wasn't the opportunity the best, to get to honest, one. And it, it wasn't the greatest. It was but good. The tacos, the way they did it, they'd, like, they had... So the other tacos that we had, they'd had like um, gooey cheese on them. And this one, they'd sort of like cook the cheese till it went crunchy. Yeah, that's right. It was right. really good. And then they filled mm. it up with meat and salsa and all the rest of it. And while we were at the um, tacos <laughs> and beer restaurant, we got accosted by a mariachi band. And they were like, oh, do you want us to play you a song? And we're like, oh, sure, go for it. And then afterwards they were... Which I knew that we were going to get. Yeah, mm. we, we knew that we were going to get hassled for a tip. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't know what the expected tip was, though, unfortunately. No. And I was um, a little bit... Sh- I had I had about 1,500 pesos in my wallet and a 20, but I had three 500 peso notes, which, which is, is the about, equivalent of about 25, about, 30 bucks. Yeah, 25 or 30 dollars. And then I had one 20 peso note, which is about a dollar. And um, they weren't real happy with the fact that I only tipped them one 20 peso note, and they sort of... Well, they wanted a tip for each. There was four guys and they wanted a tip each, which each. is like fair enough, but you're playing as a band, split it at the end of the night, I don't yeah. know. But we yeah, we weren't prepared to give them 500 pesos, but we had nothing else and they didn't have change. So unfortunately, they got the raw end of the deal. Yeah, and they weren't real happy about all of that. Um, but it was one of those things, it was like, oh well, that happens, shit happens, mate, move along. And then we got hassled by, what, another two or three... Mm, people uh, wanting to... Do you want to buy her a rose? Yeah. And a few other mariachi singers? And we're like, oh, no, nah, we're out of small change. Yeah, no, nah, sorry, along. we're done. Sorry. <laughs> You're not going to like us. <laughs> um, and after that, we just walked along, back along the boardwalk, uh, avoiding people to try, who were trying to sell us uh, cigars and stuff. Again, and um, there was a couple of persistent people that were still out there trying to book boat cruises for the next morning, which we said, no, we were already under control for that. Uh, went back to the hostel, got up the next morning and headed out for our glass bottom boat tour. Yeah, that was definitely an interest. one of the more interesting tours I've had. Our guide was a bit of a character. Um, <coughs> he was very full of shit. <laughs> yeah, had to take him on face value because um, I don't know that he was properly trained in anything (laughs) (laughs) he was so he was a greek guy who'd moved to cabo who could speak he seemed to be able to speak 
Greek, pretty good and Spanish, a little yeah. bit of Spanish, and a little bit of English. And um, be, well, the glass bottom boat tour that we were very excited about. The glass bottom part was covered by all the life jackets, and they went, "Oh no, the the glass bottom's not really worth it. Just look out the side, like, and had covered it all up." So like, mm, okay, whatever. It's not what we paid for, but well, it's oh, still well. nice. It's a nice boat trip. Yeah, nice day um, to be out in the boat too. Yeah, and it was the waves were quite loud, and he was speaking pretty broken English and making up stories about all the the faces in the cliffs and what that meant in the his Why own little. It were. wasn't even like an, an old you know Mexican adage about the face in the rocks. It was just something that he made up. He just and he'd come out with the wildest things, and I don't know if he was. I don't think he knew much about the actual area itself. That's why he made it all up. Um, but it was cool. Like we we're out on a pretty little boat, and it was just Kirsten and I, and yep. we went all the way out into the sort of Pacific Ocean side and got to see that the, cool. yeah, the edges s- of mm. um, like the very end of the land, which was really cool. And yeah, we saw where the Sea of Cortez meets the Pacific Ocean. It is really interesting. Like the the waves sort of froth really strangely, mm. and then. Um, Sorry, it's just someone driving past our campsite. Anyways, uh, yeah, so the waves sort of like really froth interestingly. And then as soon as the two seas hit each other, um, it, the waves are insane. Yeah, the waves on get pretty crazy. Boat. And when you're on a, a tiny little boat with a probably 25 horsepower engine, you're going, oh, is, is this okay? Like, <laughs> And then you see other ones and you're like, oh, I suppose we're not going to die. I'm wearing a life jacket, I suppose. Yeah, it was <laughs> fine. I didn't feel it. But, uh, we saw the arch of Cabo San Lucas, which was really nice too. You can see the Pacific Ocean through the arch from the Sea of Cortez. Which, which is, is really, pretty awesome. Yeah, really cool. And they have uh, a couple of beaches there as well, which we unfortunately, Oh, and I'm a little bit sceptical on this. The guy said mm. that he couldn't take us to the beach um, because it was closed for the day. Uh, but then just as we were getting back <laughs> into the port, he was like, but I can take you to the Which beach on a walking tour. we past the beach and saw someone on it. Yeah. He goes, but I can take you to the beach on a walking tour if you pay me another hundred US dollars each. And we're like, eh, we're okay. It was because uh, it had caves. He was going to take us on a cave tour. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Nah. Mm. He, it was too hard to understand him. Like, honestly, we didn't. We probably got 10% of what he was saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. But, uh, yeah, after that, the next sort of big thing that happened was the, um, we had a, there's a pool party at the hostel, which happens every Saturday, Saturday night. Saturday night. Which was, uh, which was pretty cool. And it seemed like the hostel really filled up that night. There was a lot of people sort yeah, of. Yeah, there was probably like a good 15 people staying there, but yet the pool party was suddenly was 50. 50, yeah. And, um, yeah, the, the bar prices at the hostel mm. were a little bit dearer than what we wanted to pay. And we knew we could get cheaper drinks. Uh, out and about, so we sort of hung around and had a couple of drinks. And it was full of teeny boppers too. Yeah. <laughs> it was a bit of a. It was one of those scenes where everyone was sort of young and single, and it made us feel very, very old. old Twenty-five all of a sudden. <laughs> so we thought, oh, let's go out on the town and mm, find and some people our own age. Make the most of our uh, our Saturday night, and we knew that there were some UFC fights on that night. It was uh, one of the the big ones, so we thought we'd try and pencil in a little spot to. Uh, sit our butts down and watch that but we went mm-hmm. out and had tacos at a place called tacos goose 
best tacos in Cabo. <laughs> they were really, really good. They were the best in Cabo. They were so good that we went back the next night as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in a yeah. little pink building. Um, Gus is spelled G-U-S-S for those of you <laughs> heading to Cabo. Uh, really well priced. They have like some platters as well with like, like mm. those sizzle platters with hot carne asada. and Fajitas. Um, yeah, and... we just got a couple of tacos, but um, really, really good. And uh, they didn't have any booze, unfortunately. Mm, uh, but the they did have really tasty agua fresca, which is like cordial. Basically fruit, like... Fruit cordial. Well, fresh fruit, they make it with fresh fruit, but then add like a lot of sugar. And water. Yeah. yeah. Um, we got a pineapple one. It was really good. It was really, really tasty. Um, so, yeah, after that we headed back to... We knew we could get nice cheap cocktails at uh, Happy Ending, so we... How well, many cocktails is still yet to be debated? <laughs> <laughs> um, so we went there and watched the UFC fights and had a good night and chatted to some of the locals and fight, yeah. smashed some of the, the house margaritas, which were pretty good. We got into a little bit of a disagreement about how many margaritas when we left, but uh, that was an unfortunate end to a yeah. really good night. Neither here nor there. We um, were pretty convinced that they are basically, you know, we were just having a margarita every hour and our bill totaled up to quite a bit more than what we were expecting, seeing as we hadn't eaten there. It was just $4 margaritas uh, and our bill came to over $50 and I knew that if I had that many margaritas, I would be quite ill, <laughs> um, but they... We insisted that's how many we had, so, um, you know, we still stumbled home, so we had a fair few, but yeah. I'm not quite sure we had that many. No, but um, it was one of those things that you've been drinking all night, so you're not 100% sure, so you're not in a great place to Which is why... have an argument with a sober person. <laughs> yeah, I think they take advantage of the fact that it was a big fight night, and everybody was having fun, and it was busy, and they thought they could get away with, eh, we'll just sneak a couple extra $4 here and there. Yeah. Um, but you know that happens. It was four dollars, four, four, yeah. eight dollars in the big scheme of things, and we moved it on. It was from a good that. place. I would still say go there. Just um, be cautious. Yeah, yeah. Tally up your margaritas as you drink them. Um, uh, so after that, we headed back to the hostel, and the next day we. Um, it was time to leave. It was time to leave. It was time to go. Actually, no, it couldn't have been because we had tacos goose again the next day. No, yeah, we had another lazy day by the pool and we knew we'd be out of all the creature yeah. comforts, so we just soaked all that up again. And So nothing of interest for you guys. We've cracked yeah. on about enough <laughs> lazy days at the hostel. So then the next day it was time to go. Yep, and uh, we went to get the big fat whale of Shamu down the... Uh, down the car elevator, and the only additional weight we'd put into the car was... Three uh, Mexican blankets three that we bought. Mexican blankets, Spoilers yeah. Spoilers for whoever's getting a Mexican blanket for Christmas. Haven't decided yet. <laughs> um, and, yeah, we drove into the car elevator and pushed the button, and nothing happened. And it got very warm in the car elevator, and then the door Justin wouldn't open. was a little bit hungover and sweaty and starting to get claustrophobic, which isn't common. <laughs> uh, yeah, Kirsten was very, very quickly starting to sweat out her margaritas from the night before. Uh, so we finally got the door open and managed to reverse out of the car elevator, which it's hard enough to drive out of when you're facing the right way. Trying to reverse out of it with your mirrors folded in is not ideal. Uh, when you're a bit di- seedy and it's the heat of the day and you're... Yeah. Dressing and sweating, sweat going into your eyes. Um, so the Suburban did get a little yellow paint lick on the front guard, um, but we spent, we ended up spending another what, 
four or five hours in the hostel? Not quite. They did pretty well. I think it was about three hours all up. It just felt like a while because we were ready to leave. Um, checkout was at 11 and I think we got out about 2.30. Yeah. Um, they had, and it was a Sunday. Yeah. Sunday. So, um. That to call the maintenance guy in to, uh, yeah. to come and ended up fixing it. I was like, well, it got us up here. It can definitely get us down. Yeah, they were trying to tell us that, you know, we wouldn't be able to get down because um, it was too heavy, uh, which we got up. So we obviously definitely would be able to get down. <laughs> so we finally got, they finally got the uh, the thing fixed and the hostel staff couldn't have been more helpful. Like they were really good oh, the whole time yeah. we stayed there. It was a brand new was... hostel. They only opened in August. So it was, uh, if anyone's ever out there and you're looking for like accommodation somewhere, always go for somewhere pretty much brand new because they're still working out the kinks. Like there was a little bit of um, maintenance still going on when we got there, like still things being built and painted and all that, but they will go out of your out of their way to make sure they get a good review yeah they want those tens on hostel world or TripAdvisor or whatever it is uh so yeah they bent over backwards to make sure that we were taken care of because the parking garage wasn't working mm-hmm. um but after that we got it yeah we got out of the hostel about 132 2 somewhere around there and headed mm-hmm. towards we headed up the western side of the one um, towards Todos Santos. Yeah, that's a nice little spot there. Um, I I think it was one of those places we didn't quite do justice because we were running a little bit late by then um, and we couldn't there was a campsite between Cabo and Todos Santos, but it was a little bit too close. Um, it was on the Cabo side, so we wanted to drive a little bit more that day, mm. but then there wasn't one on the other side of Todos Santos, so we had to get all the way back to... La Paz. La Paz. Um, but Todos Santos was actually a really nice little it was spot. A, it's where it reminded the, me a lot of uh, Loretto, actually. It was very similar mm, sort of feel. Smaller. It was a bit... It was sort of relaxed, and it was still yeah. a little bit touristy, so you felt a little bit more comfortable than... Some of the other places mm. where you, you couldn't quite communicate as well with people if you didn't speak fluent Spanish. But mm-hmm. The infamous um, uh, debated Hotel California yeah. is there. Um, Which is apparently the one that the uh, Eagle song is about. even though they deny it. But, of course, the hotel uh, takes all the claims. They refuse to confirm nor deny. Yeah. Um, but it definitely suits the description mm. and it was pretty cool to get some pics and just have a wander around there yep and they do have a turtle sanctuary which we missed out on i can't believe i knew it was there and it just sort of went straight over my head and as soon as we left i went shit that's where the turtle they do all the turtle releases on the beach and stuff would have been nice to see but the town's actually like a little bit outside of the beach yeah it's uh, which a, is probably bit, about half an hour back from the beach mm, sort of odd you have to go sort of on a weird dirt road to get down mm. to the bays and the beaches which i'm sure there would have been plenty more to see and do down there um but it was just one of those you know bad timing yeah we had to get to our campsite if we had a, maybe uh, got out of the hostel on time we might have been okay mm. um but we had to get to that campsite in La Paz and uh, we knew that it was going to be a bit of a drive. Mm-hmm. The road Stopped from... and got some mango empanadas on the side of the road. Yeah, oh. they were awesome. And then... Uh, Good little snack. Yep, they were a great little car snack. And then as we headed into La Paz, we were getting very hungry and we didn't have a great deal of food in the car. We knew we'd be getting into the... Mm, we didn't do a shop after Carbo, you know, six days of living it up and just eating out all the time and having breakfasts included and stuff. We forgot to do a shop and stock up the car. So yeah. what did we get that night? We got Domino's Pizza, <laughs> um, which we... Very Mexican fare. <laughs> we, um, we were just looking for something a little bit different. We'd, we, were, we weren't quite tacoed out yet, but we just wanted something a little bit different. So we tried... 
some uh, Mexican dominoes and I was very, I'm not great at Spanish, but I know I did not ask for tofu on my pizza (laughs) and I definitely asked for chicken. And when we got to the beach, we know that from Breaking Bad. Thank you very much. We know what pollo (laughs) is, even if we sound very Australian saying it. Pollo. Pollo. But yeah, once we uh, got, we went back to the same beach that we camped on in La Paz the first time Mm -hmm. uh, and we whipped open our pizza box, whipped open our pizza box. And again, it was a Sunday afternoon. So all the families were on the beach having a bit of a party and. Finished up our uh, our pizza, and um, still pretty good, even though it was definitely tofu. Definitely tofu, not <laughs> my. We still had bacon on it, so it was all right. <laughs> yeah, so it was um it was all right. We sort of just sat there and hung out on the beach again and watched the sunset and waited for everybody to sort of start to leave and started reading some more books mm. and um. Then it out got a bit. messy, so <laughs> we went to bed. All good. And it started to get a little bit windy just as we were going. We kind of, we wrapped up the book reading because it was getting a bit windy. Mm. So we thought, oh, we'll, um, you know, go to the nice protected tent. tent. And uh, that's, yeah, that's when the fun began. Um, mm. So the wind really, really started to pick up. And I thought we'd be sort of okay because we're in a pretty protected little area. Like We were in um, between some bushes on the sand dunes, dunes So yeah. we weren't sort of out in the open right on the beach. And I'd also parked the car like right next to the tent to try and block any of the other wind that came through. And that was about as successful as an Astrona motorbike. <laughs> uh, yeah, unfortunately the sand sort of whipped up in between the rain cover and the canvas and thrashed us square in the face through the mesh. Uh, so we were spitting out sand all night. Had I in was our eyes and our ears, flicking and our my nose. hair. It was ever in the ears was the worst. Um, mm. I woke up the next morning not knowing if my hair was hair anymore because it was all grainy. And and it was a little oh. sand. But like we had probably an inch of sand in the bottom of our tent when by the time we, we'd yeah. finished. Like it was. Horrible a, sleeping conditions, basically. I think I might have got about half an hour. Kirsten maybe got an hour or two. Mm. Um, and, and the t- the rain cover kept flying off as well, and Harley would have to duck out every 10 minutes to catch it. Catch it and reclip it. And, and we were battened down. Like, we had all our guy ropes tied down, and everything was pegged into the ground as tight as you could peg something into the, the ground. This the first time the good old $25 Walmart tent had let us down. Like, mm. honestly, for a $25 tent, it's done a damn good job in some conditions. It just didn't quite hack the wind and the sand put together. No, no, it definitely didn't. And I woke up the next morning not feeling the greatest. So just a... Okay, <laughs> Under public, the weather. P- public service announcement. If you don't like poo stories, probably... Uh, fast forward for the next couple of minutes because <laughs> uh, it's yeah. one of those things that I just have to share with the world. So <laughs> I'll we, let you tell this one, honey. <laughs> there was um, some toilets that were about a five-minute walk away from where we were camping, and I woke up and I was not well in the belly. That tofu obviously didn't sit well in there. I don't think it was the tofu. It definitely wasn't because I was fine. Um, but I got about. I started walking and then it got a little bit more urgent and I started jogging and then I realized that I definitely wasn't going to make it to the toilet so I sprinted back to the campsite or near the campsite and started digging a hole in the sand and dune. yelled at me to throw him some toilet paper and then yelled don't look at me <laughs> and um yep the Bombay doors opened up and it was not real pleasant so I quickly buried that and got in the car and went well I don't feel oh, so good no, you didn't tell the whole bit what else happened <laughs> and I was uh, systematically raped by a small Mexican tree which as I squatted <laughs> down to relieve myself it inserted itself inside of me which 
definitely didn't help the whole situation. It didn't make me feel any better at all. Uh, glad you enjoyed that, honey. It's funny now. We can laugh about it now. Um, so I was feeling very unwell and knowing that we had to do a bit of a shop and we also had to check if there was any chance that we were going to get uh, to swim with the whale sharks uh, in the next couple of days. Mm. Um, so we headed into Walmart for some toilets and Wi-Fi and to uh, pick up some supplies for the day. And unfortunately, we got the bad news that the season was probably not going to be opened until about the 15th of October. Which we have just now found. Today is the 22nd that we are recording this, and the season starts tomorrow. Yeah. So um, we were definitely way not ahead. Uh, we weren't waiting that long. So uh, if you're ever planning on doing it, don't take Google's word for it. Don't go right at the very beginning of the season. Give nope. yourself a few weeks. We thought, you know, we'd be all right, but give it another extra week, but unfortunately not. Yeah, no, not um, not feeling the greatest. We it was headed- probably a blessing in disguise with yeah. Harley's stomach situation. Yeesh. So I um I drove as far as I could, and then Kirsten could see that I was very very under the weather. And what did we work out that it was? We web MD'd ourselves and figured out what we <laughs> yes because had. Uh, spoilers alert again. I think I've said spoilers about five million times in this uh, podcast, but. I developed the same thing about a week later. Mm. Um, we Googled it and it was, uh, I can't remember, something, I think it started with S. Yeah, it's it a very some, short word. Sorovirus, sono. Yeah, nor, something nor, bad. Nor, oh, nor. Norovirus. Norovirus, which is basically just means a 24 to 48 hour stomach bug, mm. but a very violent one. <laughs> yeah, so there was like a lot of stomach cramps and sharp pains and aches and exhaustion. That was the worst part. It wasn't the, the things you'd imagine with the stomach bug. It was... The aches and the pains and the sharp, sharp. It's like you. It's it's like like a terrible flu. Yeah, it was like the aches and pains you get when you have a really bad flu, but it was just coupled with. It was like having the flu and gastro at the same time. It was beautiful. Yeah, it was poetic. So I didn't (laughs) eat that day. Kirsten got in and drove to Bahia Concepcion, where we um, Mm. headed down into a. A beautiful little campsite there that was owned by an American couple. They had like a bar mm. and restaurant there and they had some uh, palapas and stuff set up there. We paid 120 pesos, which is about the equivalent to six bucks. Yeah, some um, cute little there. camp doggos. Yeah, and a cute Kirsten made a new friend called Jaja. Jaja. Um, which was a cute little uh, camp dog that the Americans Only tried to sell us. puppy. <laughs> oh, I wish we could take her on the road. She was, But she was just so full of energy. It would have been so cool to have a road dog, but we miss road our dog. Sophie too much. Yeah, definitely do and Kirsten was very stern with me she sat she set up a uh, a camp chair for me and said sit there until I've made the the bed up and because she set up the tent all by herself being the strong independent woman she is and pumped up the air mattress for me and I just rolled into bed in a fever of sweat and that was was about all I remember yeah I made myself some mac and cheese read a book and checked in on you every 20 minutes or so and you were out like a light which is Good that you got some rest. It's the best sleep you got in Mexico so far, Definitely. I think. <laughs> in the tent anyway. Definitely. Um, but yeah, um, an ode to traveling couples there. Sometimes you've just got to take one for the team when uh, someone else is having a rough day. <laughs> yeah, definitely glad that I had Kirsten there with me for that one. Um, woke up that morning, I felt a little better. I was still a little bit crampy and not feeling like I wanted to eat anything. Um, but we went for a bit of a swim and Kirsten decided that she wanted to go clam hunting. So she unsuccessfully <laughs> I was going went to go clam clamming hunting. for the first time in my life, unguided and just <laughs> winging it. <laughs> um, but again, crystal clear waters and just, it was so cool to like just swim around with all the little fish and all the other just little so things. Just so clear. We could see, we saw a few rays, which Harley 
squealed like a girl and ran out of the beach. I did not squeal <laughs> like a girl and ran out of the beach. I you beg to liar. differ. I'm pretty I sure there was some squealing. Did happening. not want to get stung by a stingray. <laughs> anyway, we by this point we really, really wish we had have invested in a snorkel. Um, in all these beautiful waters, just don't even bother going to Mexican beaches without a snorkel ever. Mm, um, definitely total ragrats. Um, but <laughs> oh, the beauty of Mexico, I was extremely unsuccessful in my clamming endeavour. I can't found... believe you didn't <laughs> just walk out into the ocean and find lunch amazingly. Well, I saw lots of vlogs and stuff and people just did it okay, but I wasn't game enough to swim out too far because you were all paranoid about the rays. So I had to stay with you and protect you. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, a guy drove up to the beach of the campsite, um, obviously saw that there was some tourists set up for the night and um, quickly parked and ran out of his ute, uncovered the tarp on the back of his ute and yelled out to us in the ocean, like we were swimming in the ocean. <laughs> and he's like, I have blankets, I have this, do you want to buy stuff and we're he like, had hammocks mm. for fruit he had fruit hammocks little ones that you could put in like the corner of your kitchen and it, it would have like you could put your bananas and stuff in it it was really cute and i really wish i had have bought one but we really didn't need one <laughs> um we already had our hammock hammocks and our rugs so we said you know sorry we have everything we need honestly like I would have bought hammocks off you if we didn't already have some. Um, and then I just yelled out to him from the beach. I'm like, you don't have any clams in there, do you? And he went, <laughs> hang on, give I'll me be back hour. in an hour. <laughs> <laughs> so we sort of just relaxed on the beach for an hour and went for a couple more little swims and adventures in the water. And um, he came back, sure enough, about an hour later with a friend and a bucket of clams. Yeah, his friend had just finished his morning's work of clamming. He had a big, massive, but like a... a 15-litre bucket. Full to the brim um, of all different kinds. And I, I'm i not really a seafood connoisseur. I love shellfish and stuff, and I'm really getting a taste for which it. Which I'm allergic to. Yeah, so I get to enjoy it all to myself, uh, which is unfortunate, but also fortunate. Um but yeah, I don't really know what's what. I'll just eat it and it usually tastes pretty good. And he was going through all the... Di- oh, try this one. And he was just... He had lime and um, like a chilli salt there and some chilli as well. And he would just open them up and let me try any of the ones and see what I liked. And they kind of... To be honest, they all tasted the same to me. <laughs> they just tasted good. But so good that he just opened it up right there fresh. He just picked it out and squeezed some lime on it and some chilli. Um, and I even had the chilli sauce. I was very proud of myself for that. We've slowly built up your tolerance to chili, which is we're good. We're getting there. We're getting there. Um, it's not great, but it's it's better than what it was. Um, but yeah, long story short, um, he said, you know, have a dozen for a dozen for 150 pesos, and I was like, I don't need. It's just me eating it. He's allergic. Like I'll just take, you know, like five or half a dozen. And he goes, okay, half a dozen, 75 pesos, and I had a hundred and told his mate to keep the changes commission because I felt bad I'd bought nothing off his mate. Um, <laughs> Which is all like of about $5. Five bucks for fresh clams. That night we I cooked them up with some pasta and made like linguine and mm. oh my God. And I just had just pasta. Hap- yeah, he just had plain pasta with um, canned vegetables. <laughs> but it was, um, it was, I was still the happiest pretty good. girl on earth that night. Yeah. yeah, that was at a different... We moved on to a different campsite where we paid a little bit extra. We paid 200 pesos at that one, and that was the same sort of deal. It was just under a palapa. Kirsten got to set mm. up her linguine and clams, which she really, really enjoyed. And yes. I enjoyed finally having... That was the first thing I'd had to eat in, what, two days, um, really. Uh, we That day, we also sort of just... It wasn't much of a drive to the next campsite, so no, we sort of just set up... No, it was a really chill day. It took us like 45 minutes to drive to the next one. Which was nice, because the less driving in Mexico you can do, the better. <laughs> yep. Um, again, just 
divine beach. There's not even any point in us telling which campsites we stayed at because every single one along that bay was divine. Um, just pick your spot. Um, but yeah, we met, uh, we talked to a couple of people, like we went for a walk along the beach. It was really cool. You had to drive through a puddle, like rock pool to get to the other side. Um, what else? Someone had a drone, which made us really sad because our drone is currently out of commission, um, which we're hoping to get fixed next week so we can bring you some drone footage. Yay, drone. Very, very depressing that, that we saw these beautiful beaches that we couldn't get any footage of from the sky. Uh, would have been fantastic, but just another reason to go back. Yeah, so after that we um, after that night we woke up in the morning and packed up camp and headed back to Helen and Wiley's because we knew that there was another hurricane coming. Yeah, so just as we left Carbo, we got a warning from Helen saying, oh, guess what, now there's Hurricane Sergio on its way. Um, and we knew it was due to hit about Wednesday, so we wanted to make sure we were... Uh, sorry, Wednesday night or Thursday. Mm. Um, so we wanted to make sure we were back there in case any shit went down. Uh, didn't end up hitting until Friday. Yes. So we stayed at Helen and Wiley's for. They were more than happy to have have us for another couple of days. They also. They also had a, uh, a one of the local families in there whose house leaks in the heavy rain. Yeah, the, the roads get washed out, yeah. so they can't get home. So they had that whole family staying with them just in case they wouldn't be able to get home, which yeah. was really nice of them. And another one of the guys who worked on uh, building their house, they mm. had staying there. So it was, a- it was good fun. It was very communal. We had yeah. a big household that couple of days. Yeah, so we had big communal we were, meals. Yeah, we're and- all cooking together, and it was nice. It was a bit yeah. of a language barrier um, sometimes. Yeah, and they had little kids. Always work through that. <laughs> we're very cute, mm. but um, it was good fun. More beers. Yeah, we, uh, we sat, basically just did the same thing. We sat around drinking beers, sort of did a little bit of preparation of the house, made some, put some sandbags and stuff out to make sure we didn't get washed out. And for the lamest tropical storm ever. Yeah, it sort of just <laughs> it was it, hard rain. It, it all happened at night, and it all just rained really hard. And we woke up in the morning, and it was a little bit damp windy. everywhere, and mm-hmm. it was a bit it was a bit windy everywhere. And we're like, oh, okay, that's it. Yeah, sweet. We went up to the roof and looked. We were in the eye of the storm at one point, and we looked and went, "Oh shit, this is going to get real again." Like afterwards, but nothing it's came of just it. Petered it just out. Just stopped. So, um, mm. cheers, Sergio. Yeah. So we um, after that we after our last night at Helen and Wiley's, we said our goodbyes and. Um, it was sad. Yeah. It was a little bit sad to say goodbye to <laughs> the lovely to those guys. people that had taken us in with no expectations. <laughs> and, no hesitations. Yeah, no sort of, yeah, no hesitation of taking in a couple of strays that were just looking for a campsite, <laughs> and we ended up staying there for probably six or seven days all, all up. up. Yeah. Um, and while we were sitting at Helen and Wiley's the night before, we sort of, we knew that the weather wasn't going to be great for the next couple of days in Baja, and we felt like we'd seen about as much as we needed to see, so we made the decision that we'd get up early in the morning and uh, try and make the long trek all the way back to San Diego. So, Which was about, how many? Somewhere it, between... Google Maps said it was going to be about 11 hours. It ended it up like taking about 16... It ended up yeah. taking about 16 hours with the Mexican roads and the border crossing and yeah, all the rest We crossed, of that. like, just before midnight. midnight yeah. Um, but uh, the night before, me being a little bit conscientious, I looked at our tyre, one of our tyres on the Suburban, and went, oh, that's... um. The tread on that's getting a little bit low. I might just put the spare on to get us back to the States and then we'll get some new tyres once we're back in the US just because I didn't really want to get new tyres in Mexico because I didn't want to get ripped off for starters and I didn't want to sort of not be able to communicate exactly what I wanted to get um, there and I didn't know what the prices were going to be like and I knew that the there were some pretty cheap spots to get tyres in the US. So I just put the, um, the spare on and been sitting under the car for a little while but... 
um, obviously quite a while, and uh, did did that, changed it all over and strapped the old one back in and um, did all the wheel nuts up tight, I'm sure, because I got them checked. <laughs> and then uh, when we headed off the next morning, we got some breakfast in Santa Rosalia. I still wasn't feeling the greatest. So I drove the first stint and then we stopped for breakfast, which took forever to make um, in true Mexican Mexican style. Yeah. um, And they gave me some tacos on a plate and I went, oh, no, 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 sorry for, you know, takeaway, whatever. I can't remember what the Spanish was for takeaway now. Um, Something viaje. No. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Anyways. um, So they gave me like a styrofoam plate and some foil to put over it and I went oh Harley you might have to just take the drive yeah. while I have my taco brekkie um yeah good thing I did because uh we got into the first we got sort of through just out of Santa Rosalia it was only like 10 minutes after that and um we got up and there's a hundred kilometer an hour zone which is good it's nice to get a little bit of speed just before we knew we were getting into the mountains there uh, and we're driving along, we turned around one corner and I said, oh, that spare's making an odd noise. Like it just made a little bit of a vibration-y noise. Bit of a whir. As we um, came around one of the corners, I looked at Kirsten and I went, oh, next time we stop, I'll check that. And then about two <laughs> minutes after that. <laughs> it wasn't that, long till we stopped. <laughs> <laughs> about two minutes after that, we're heading along and I just hear katunk. And then I saw the driver's side which is the left front wheel fly past us and across the road and up into the, some hills some hills and or jagged on the brakes and wrestled it wrestled the big uh, suburban for a little while and ended up in a like sort of off in a little embankmenty bit that luckily for us they seemed to have had like a rock slide or something there and they'd cut a little path into the side of the road which it was all basically very fortunate as we've described the mexican roads most often than not you're in very very tight one-way lanes and there's no pull-offs there's a lot of potholes you're often on cliffs or mountain sides um you know uh like sandwiched between two cliff faces uh, and we were just so damn lucky that a there was no traffic coming towards us and b there was actually a pull-off yeah and we managed i managed to hold on to it and just saved it and he was going towards the left and i yelled out that there was the embankment on the right so you gotta turn it around yeah and we um got off the road and of course there was about probably 20 or 30 people drove past us and just sort of waved and looked at us and went "Ah." Have fun. Mm. I went off across the road to retrieve the lost tire and wheel, which was great. And we figured out that when when we got back to the um, when we got the wheel back, that the center of the wheel had rusted out, and um, with the movement and not being used Mm. for a while, it had just sort of worn through. Pulled all the wheel nuffs off once we had a bit of movement in that, and. Yeah, it was uh, was interesting interesting. times. Hey, but I saved my taco. (laughs) I look across at Kirsten and I was concerned. I thought she would be freaking out. I looked across at her and I went, honey, are you okay? And she looked at me and goes, I saved my taco. (laughs) He's like heavy breathing, having half an anxiety attack. And I was (laughs) like, can I finish my breakfast yet? (laughs) In true Kirsten fashion. Uh, but we got it all fixed up as best as we could. We sort of far- I had to farmerize it a little bit to get the other, the non, not great tread wheel back on. Um, and we managed to make it. We just sort of continued on. We kept on trucking. We drove for. We made it all the way. All that way from. Uh, 
filled up with some oh, cost us like 120 US dollars to fill up that day yep. with petrol. Oof, not going <coughs> to miss that. Because Mexican prices like it about equivalent to Australian prices. It's about a, a Well, it's actually a little bit cheaper, yeah. but we just have a lot bigger tank. Yeah, we have a 31 gallon tank. Economy. 31 gallon tank which is about oh, just over 100 nearly 100 liters and um when you're filling that up at a dollar a liter us it can get a little bit pricey but we trucked on and um got to the border crossing in tijuana at about midnight and we decided mm. that we didn't we debated whether or not to stay in tijuana and check it out and we decided that it was just another eh. tourist tijuana toilet hole we I hadn't heard good things about Tijuana anyway, so we... It'll be interesting to check out one day, maybe, but we were done not that for day. the day. And, uh, yeah, as you might remember from the beginning or from our watching our vlog, we were a little bit concerned about getting back into the States after the non-visa situation coming into Mexico <laughs> through <laughs> Mexicali on a land border. Um, I'll keep it short, but basically nobody gives a fuck if you're trying to come in and out of Mexico. Yeah, as I don't long know. as you've got a visa to get back into the States. Yeah, I don't know if that's just our white privilege or... I don't know, but they just waved <laughs> us through. Uh, there yeah. was no stamps, no visas, no, no exchange of anything official, but we made well, it, it back it, into the country. It was a little bit more in-depth than the Mexican border crossing. We actually had to stop and talk to someone and give him our passports, and he checked and saw that we had our, our US visas, and he's like, don't have any drugs or guns, and we went, nope, nope. and... On we trucked, and then we were back in uh, San Diego. Just like that, we were in a whole new country again. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, that will be that for this episode of the podcast. We will... uh Bring you the next. The next one will be all about our trip through up through California to Seattle. California, <laughs> and uh, that'll be that. Hope you enjoyed our uh, our tales of our trip through Baja California. Thank you. Bye. All right, hope you enjoyed that episode of the TST Travel Podcast, uh, all about our trip through Baja, California. Um, If you have any questions or or comments on what we talked about, please don't hesitate to uh, hit us up on Facebook or Instagram. If you want to have a chat to me, TST Travel Podcast, or Kirsten at The Roaming Street on Facebook and Instagram. She also has a website, which is theroamingstreet.com. Make sure you check that out. Don't forget to leave us uh, reviews um, where you can, wherever you listen to this. That'd be great. Uh, Other than that, the next episode will be about uh, our trek up from San Diego all the way to probably Seattle, I think, will be that one. And uh, we may have uh, another guest on the podcast to talk all things travel Um, at some point in the coming weeks. Hopefully we'll be able to get a couple more podcasts out to you with uh, a little bit more reliable Wi-Fi. Uh, Once again, thanks a lot for listening and uh, have a good one.